Blog Talk Radio. Like, 
I've had them such a long time, and I'm so blessed. I hope I have them even longer, but I'm so blessed to just, like, I'm like, God, this, that's the, God, if, you know, it's almost like, I mean, God, I want you to do plenty of other things, but if you don't do nothing else, that is so great to me. That's such a blessing, and it is so, and they're so, they're doing well, and they're still in their home, and my grandfather still drives, <laughs> and they still get out and about, so I love that. I, I'm so it's like, you know, it's always a blessing. I always call them like, I'm like, y'all, I said, I pray for that Caleb spirit over y'all. And it just always is so beautiful. If you, that's a Bible reference. But it, um, it's always so beautiful to see. I'm always so happy for that. <laughs> and to see not just, you know, older, but to, you know, be doing well, that's a blessing, man. It's such a blessing. I tell you, one uh, just a great blessing for me to uh, to. To uh, get to see, you know, the blessing of life in all of this, you know, phases and stuff like that, and you know, it's just, it's just always good. I love it. So uh, also, and my grandfather's birthday is the 29th of April. It's next month. <laughs> I'm so, happy. I'm so excited. I'm like, yay! So I'm like, you know, I'm happy for all these, you know. These these exciting birthday, God bless you know. So it's always good. I I love birthdays. That's why I try to every time I, I'm always at home. I always try to go to Kansas City because I'm like, you know, when, on the holidays, everything. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm just so excited <laughs> to have them. So it's always fun, and, and we make it fun. So it's always a great time. So I'm grateful. Okay, and then my dad. His birthday, uh, my daddy, let me tell you something. I have the coolest daddy in the world. I be telling people, no, your daddy ain't cool. <laughs> my daddy is cool. My daddy is uh, who I say I get my looks from. My mother will hate that. My mother will be like, please. <laughs> but my daddy is like, you know, he is, you know, he he probably he probably party with his, his health club. My daddy party. My daddy's a partier, okay? I think my whole da- my daddy's whole, that side of the family is like more party people, right? So I love that. So I'm 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 happy birthday to him too, and yeah, it's always great. And that's, I love uh, having my dad. My dad will probably be back in Kansas City. Usually my dad's in Kansas City for all these kind of for his birthdays coming up and stuff. So he's probably going to Kansas City at some point to celebrate his birthday. So it's all good, okay? All right, you guys. So now I got March birthdays out the way. Okay, my week. I got to talk about this. I went back to my alma mater. <laughs> I love saying that shit. UTA this uh, weekend, this Sunday, to see uh, one of, uh, I got to see a few, well, it's a few of the people in my class, my former classmates, and fr- who I consider friends perform, and I have to say, oh. <gasps> I went to, they performed this place, Sweeney Todd, right? And I was like, I was, I think, I've been to a lot of plays right there. And I really think that was one of the ones that I was floored. It's a musical. And it's it's a story about a man who is a, a baker who ends up becoming a serial killer for, for something that happened in his life, right? Oh! <gasps> Him and this woman, and you know, the room they start to bake pies like based on you know people's like people are eating people. <laughs> it's it's a gruesome story, but listen, it was a music. It was done as a musical. <gasps> it was so 
wonderful. And one of my favorite people at UTA during the time that I was there, he was starring in the play, Andre. And I was like, he is going to be a star. Like, you know, you see people and you go, you're going to be a star. <laughs> right? And I remember meeting him like, just like a couple semesters that we met each other, and he's like my mentor in a class. I think I met him before that. I met him for a semester, but like probably three. And finally, my like I think my second semester, we got of, of doing tattle like uh, which is a teaching lab at um, UTA. He was like my mentor for lighting and stuff like that. And he was also acting a play, and I think he said, told me, I can't, I can't remember. Oh, my God, I hope I don't have it wrong. But he told me, he was like, it's his first play, acting. I was like, what? But listen, this guy is so talented. You're talking about, like, he can do, he can dance, he can sing, he can act. And he does, like, scenic design. I remember the first semester I tried my hand at scenic design. <laughs> I mean, it was good in that moment. Okay. <laughs> Because I had a lot of help, but I was doing some of the work for his part of the class, too. And, oh, my God, and he did it for this uh, play, Antigone. Oh, it was brilliant. Like, he's so brilliant. And so to see him do this musical, Sweeney Todd, I was so floored, so proud. I was like, oh, I'm so proud. It was so wonderful. And all of the UTA students, I mean, listen, this was as good has any production like musical production I've ever seen. It was excellent. I mean, so well done. Shout out to the directors, everybody in it. I was so impressed. I was like, what? <laughs> and one of, one of my friends there was telling me, she was like, we've, a lot of the students, we've actually saw this two and three times since it's been on. I'm like, well, I can see why. I mean, Excellent. And let me, I just want to say this to people, like, and this is just, this is not just for, I want to say it just for the Texas area, but this is just for colleges around the country. Let me say say this to a lot of people. If you want some of your best theater, like, I'm not, I can't brag on every college because I can't, I, I haven't been there because, but you can get some of the best Productions and college performances where young up and coming stars or up and coming theater uh, people are doing great work. List, I'm just, I just want to say that to people. If you want, if you want to see, I mean, it's not just Broadway, off Broadway stuff like that. Oh my God, just your local towns and local cities going to a college that has a theater production, supporting the students, supporting people. I'm telling you, man, y'all, you, you, some of these places, even where I grew up, I grew up in Kansas City, and one of the best uh, schools for theater, we have a repertory there, the Missouri Repertory, which, which belongs to University of Missouri, Kansas. Great theater. I used to go see some great performances there. Okay, so even children's theater, like there's a children's theater that used to be in my hometown. I don't know if it's still there, Coterie Theater. Some of the best performances I've ever seen. Like just where you, you just like, yeah. Like you know what I'm saying. And this, I, I just want to encourage people 
to get outside your box. There isn't just theater, you know, professional theater, but there are kids, college kids, doing things on the level of professional theater. That changed, that, uh, Sweeney Todd was like every bit, I was so full with every part of it. Oh, my God, it was so good. From the beginning, how it starts off, oh, my God, it was uh It was impressive. I, and I've been to a lot of impressive play, I've, And even, you know, last semester it was um, uh, they did um, uh, The Walking Dead. It was so good. I mean, so this even took it up a level. And I think we're, they're like, one of my, my favorite teachers in the whole <laughs> world that I've I've had who I really love, Megan and some of my friends are going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be doing a production of Romeo and Juliet, I think, pretty soon. I think, and I, and I may, I'll have to tell you all when it is. I think it's probably in a, another month or so, but, oh, my, I can't wait to see it. And plus I know Megan, she's probably going to, I mean, She's probably going to do a great job at directing. So I'm like, I cannot wait. I, I just want to say that. I want to take a moment and say that some of the best theater in the country, like sometimes are, in, are smaller theaters, places that you would not, but especially colleges who have theater programs. Go check them out if you can support them. Like, you know, for young people, great dates on Saturday night. If you want to have a different date and there's a college theater program going on, you can take a date. Hey, we're going to go to theater. You want to go see a play? <laughs> and support, you know, a lot of the um, the performing arts actors and stuff. And this was musical theater. This was for the musical theater program, and damn, it was awesome, okay? I loved it. It was awesome. I was just like, bravo, bravo. And I was tired. I was I was really sleepy because I hadn't had a lot of sleep. So I was I, when I first got in, I was kind of dozing. I was like, oh, my God, I got to stay up. And, listen, the play got so good. I was like, oh, my good. It was just so, I mean, I, it kept me up <laughs> most of the time because I was, I was, I was tired. But, I lo- man, I was so excited about it that I was just like every part of it. I mean, it was just. It was fabulous. I can't say any more. And even, you know, little productions, I mean, small productions, small just try to support. You You guys will find some of the best talent and the best theater around. Shout out to that cast because y'all did a hell of a job. I was so thoroughly, thoroughly impressed, okay? Woo, I was. All right, you guys, so moving on. <laughs> okay, so Jaguar Lord, should I talk about Jaguar first or the movies? <laughs> or the movie Sex Life? Okay, let's talk about Sex Life first. <gasps> sex Life came out last week. I binged Sex Life. I was like, oh, and my girlfriend, she wrote me, said, I'm starting it now. I'm like, she said, oh my God, it's some shocker. Listen, for those of you who are big fans of the show Sex Life, did you not have your, am I the only one? I saw people on Twitter saying they had Kleenex and they were crying. Because I wasn't expecting it to be an emotional roller coaster <laughs> with a lot of, like, Brene Brown type of quotes. But I thought, I was like, well, sniffing. I mean, you know what I was saying? Because it was like, it was some real, like, emotional, like, <gasps> 
trigger you. This film can trigger you. <laughs> Especially if you're married. <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, it has so many triggers. And it, it, let me just say this. I can't tell you, I won't tell y'all now what the ending is. Because it's the second season. I'm like, I know, I know you bitches are giving us a third season. <laughs> Because they ended it like there isn't going to be a third. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you better give us a third. I love it. It was so good. It was so many plot twists. It was way better than the first season. Plot twists, turns, shockers from the moment the first episode opens up. You know, I like cheesy kind of shit like sex. Like, it was so good, but it wasn't cheesy this time. It was heavy. And it dealt with topics like love, marriage, divorce, uh, uh, deciding commitment. Um, can how important is commitment? Can you be committed? How? What choices do you make to have the life that you want? Oh my God! It was so many good, good things. I was like, uh, I found myself like one of the. I was like, ah. Uh, I was like, in tears. I was like, I'm okay, because I'm a crybaby. I know I sound tough on here, but, like, a good film can make me cry, especially when you got some good quotes. And, you know, she she narrates in the thing. She's like, you know, she she narrates about life. You have to be, sometimes you make, like, choices, and she was showing some of the bad choices. You, she Some choices she made where she felt like she couldn't make them because she was thinking of everyone else. And she's like, I should have made that choice to do this. Or I was like, oh, my God, I'm so good. You're just like, ah. Like you're, you're like in tears. I said, God, they're triggering us with this one. I wasn't expect to be, expecting to be triggered as much as I was triggered with a sex life, too. And it was a lot of women on Twitter saying they were triggered, too. <laughs> it was really good. Great writing this one go around. I felt like it was a more heavier themed situation. And here's the thing. It wasn't just a sexy vibe like going through making all these messy-ass decisions with no consequence. There were consequences. But the question that was that they asked, I feel like that was above everything for sex life was, was it worth it? Everything that you, every choice that you make, every moment, is it, is it worth it in the end? Oh, I love shit like that. <laughs> so, yeah, they, it was, it was, it was good. Sex Life, I found the second season gratifying. And the ending, was it kind of shocking? Hell yeah. I was like, really? Like, we're going to go out? We're going to go to here? Because after all of the shit, you kind of had hints, though, that it was going to happen, where you, that what you thought was, I can't tell y'all, but it was hints throughout that this was going to happen. But you're like, oh. it was really like, it was like kind of heavy. Have you ever got, has, did it, anybody, there used to be a series on, I don't know if it was Netflix, I forget what it was on, called Divorce, and they went through like this whole thing about divorce, and it kind of reminded me, the second season of Sex Life kind of reminds me of that series, but way more heavy and really sexy. Oh, my God, it's so sexy. Was it sexy? It was sexy. 
This one was sex. You know they gotta always have good night, like nice sex scenes. <laughs> Interesting, like Cinemax type of sex scenes. Remember you when you when Cinemax Cinemax late night? Oh my god. They would have, you know, our HBO sex scenes, like, later. Just like those type of scenes. Like, what do, what do they call those? Is it soft porn? Yeah, yeah, but it's like fantasy-like. But that aside, I really didn't, as much as that was, you know, part of the first one, I really, I, this time I was sort of like, I don't know if I paid as much attention to that because, to me, they had such heavy subject matter. <laughs> or unless it felt heavy, it felt, it Sex Life Two was actually very shocking, but very pleasing. But then it comes back around to the thing, the dream you all kind of like hope for. But I wonder what three is gonna be after this. You know, like what's three gonna be? Like what's three? What's the real shit gonna be like? Is it gonna be? What's gonna? Because three, you know, because you, you get the feeling it looks like it's happily ever after. And you're like, oh, shit, what's really about to go down? <laughs> right? So they say there's going to be, I think they're saying, hold on, let me look. I think, so I can say for sex life fans like me. Uh, uh, going to look it up real quick. And, you know, there there were certain things I felt like they kind of, I was like, Man, it was kind of long. <sighs> like, you know, in certain things, I mean, I felt like it was kind of long. This particular situation was kind of long, but I still like it. Okay, so it says there's an article right now that is on, um, where is it from? Uh, oh, God, I don't want to tell y'all because it's going to contain some spoilers. Okay, for those of you who have not binge-watched Sex Life Season 3, Get, don't cl- close up your ears for a few minutes. <laughs> After two seasons of an um, of emotional turmoil and self-discovery, Billy Conley seems to get her a happy ending in the season two finale of Sex Life, so much so that the season three might seem unnecessary. It does, it ends really weird, right? The show could conceivably end at a bench. Uh, I can't tell you. I'm going to tell you that because I feel like that's too important. Okay. Uh Shai thinks that season two, including the ending, is about timing. Says the season two is about timing and a separate past Billy. I can't say. It takes before a situation. It's basically, uh, let me see, let's see. Hold on. Let me just, it's so many shockers. I don't really want to tell y'all. Okay, over the years, I'm going to try to find a way to tell y'all this without, uh, That's her own joke. Like, Billy, she's a divorced woman with kids. Shai is a mom of three. And then like, I was open and honest at times with parallel in my life. Okay, so, you know, they're, they're saying they're, it's, it's more than likely going to be a season three. So I'm happy with that. I Listen, because I want to see what it's like, this, new, this, new, this next path for Billy. It's going to be very interesting, like how it goes. I, I kind of gave y'all that without, t- I don't want to give the spoilers. Oh, my God, because it's so, listen, for Sex Life 2 fans, I mean, this this is so worth it. This season is so worth it. Even what happens with the best friend, oh, my God. Um, and I forget the best friend's name. But uh, Sasha, 
it's surprising too. There's so many surprising twists and turns and things that happen in this one. Okay, so I I, you know, I, I don't want to ruin it for y'all, but it's most likely looking like it could be a season three. And uh, you know, people, it, it did. Let me just say this: it seems like uh, it seems like this was like a finale season. It seems like that, but no, there's so many places you can go with this new one, right? So many places you can go, and I can't wait to see where they go because this takes the twist that Billy has never had with with these particular people, I'll just say. <laughs> so I can, it, it'll be interesting to see how this works. Oh, but I just can't tell y'all how many, I mean, how many tear-jerking, like, triggering things about this show. Like, it's not really tear-jerking. I feel like maybe I was emotional. It's, it was, okay, you know, it's Pisces season. Shit, I think it was like the first weekend of Pisces, first or second weekend of Pisces season, and I'm an emotional wreck. And it's like a week before, the, you know, the thing, and, you know, it's, close to that time. I you know, I was an emotional wreck when I was watching, you know. <laughs> so maybe I was more triggered. But then I look online and we, other women were saying, Oh yeah, it was triggering. It was emotional. Okay? So yeah, I just... <laughs> watch it and see what you guys think of it, okay? Sex Life three, all right? I mean, Sex Bite Season 2, right? It's already out. So good, so good is all I'll say. All right, now, am I ready to talk about Jaguar yet? (laughs) I can't wait to actually get off of here with y'all to watch the reality show that's Jaguar right right now. (laughs) And it's on YouTube. Damn Azusa Network, YouTube is playing and play-by-play with different bloggers <laughs> from all around YouTube. <laughs> Her and Legina. Legina, the alleged daughter of R. Alleged daughter of R. Kelly and, and Aaliyah. <laughs> I laugh even seeing that shit, okay? Boy, okay. Jaguar. The Chronicles of Jaguar have went all the way, like, I don't even know where we're at anymore. I mean, so much shit that's happening. I'm just like, huh? <laughs> you wake up every day to do shit. You're like, what the fuck? Just what are you, I mean, Jaguar and her husband are not supposed to be really married, but Jaguar produces a wedding wedding, uh, a wedding uh, uh, certificate that says, hey, yeah, we registered the marriage. And her husband's saying, no, we didn't register. He's supposed to have a new girlfriend. Jaguar's on the road with Legina. Legina was reading Jaguar, trying to read Jaguar's chart, birth chart. <laughs> Jaguar has a discussion with her ex-husband, her son, who she has on the road, dead. I mean, it's so much shit that doesn't happen. I mean, wild shit, okay? At least she's not calling the police department. <laughs> it ain't funny. It, it's funny. But it ain't funny, because I'm like, damn, what the hell is going on? (laughs) 
Now Jack Wires came because remember her her car got burnt up when they were in Phoenix, right? Now Jaguar is kind of giving is kind of saying asking Goomba her ex her not her her soon to be ex husband did you burn my car did you I'm like Jack what the fuck are you doing I mean you just got a new car don't you want the insurance check shit that shit down like she's like maybe you need the insurance people to investigate you I don't know what you're doing I'm like I mean it's gone all the way wild. <laughs> Because I think they're going to do Legina's DNA test. <laughs> but we don't need no DNA test. We do not need no DNA test. <laughs> don't even waste our money. <laughs> I don't know who they're going to get to that. How they going to copy the results? How y'all, wait a minute, when you get a DNA test, you got to compare it to somebody. So I don't know if they got a relative of Liz or somebody. Ain't that how you do it? Ain't to compare it to somebody? Well, the DNA test will tell her. I don't know. Are you going to ask her, like, Kelly? I'm, I'm trying to figure out who they gonna, how, how they going to figure out whose DNA. <laughs> oh, Lord. Jaguar has managed to keep everyone interested. I don't know what the hell is going on. All I'll say <laughs> is it is a hot-ass mess. And she's got these hashtags like, what really happened in Phoenix? I mean, child, it is, let me tell y'all, it is, if you want to be entertained, okay? I like being entertained. I will laugh at some shit, okay? I'm goofy. <laughs> so, like, today, I've been, so I've been doing spring cleaning, even this weekend, I was doing spring cleaning, you know, trying to move stuff, move this stuff out of my garage, just do different things. I've been just trying to clean up some stuff. And I entertained myself with the latest on Jaguar. <laughs> All you got to do is put in Jaguar right and listen to any of the bloggers. They have video. There's live. There's Jaguar live <laughs> from Instagram. Legita, Legita Gold, which is R. Kelly and, and Aaliyah's alleged child. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? But the shit's better than TV, okay? I'm like, this shit is classic. I mean, it makes it, it's better than loving hip-hop. Shit. I was like, I was telling, I was saying to myself, I was just thinking to myself, I said, if I could do a reality show, like, with them, because there's this guy who comes on who I, who I always ask, Perry Sanders, like, he, him and his wife have, they do blogging together. And he's been dressing up as Jack, like, he's been having on the glasses and the uh, Black Jack's famous glasses and scarf on. Every time he come on, he, like, he have a, police, a picture of the police, the Soto apartment, <laughs> apartment on his green screen. And I was like, if I could create the perfect reality show, I would have him narrate and, like, this show Jack shit in between. <laughs> Like it would be, I know it would be number one. <laughs> we hit me, we hit me like a, I would have Perry narrate. <laughs> and then 
did the show in between Jag and Lajita. Listen, this shit's classic. I'm telling you, it's better. It's almost beating Bobby Brown, being Bobby Brown for me, and nothing's ever beat being Bobby Brown. But the life and times of Jaguar, right? <laughs> Jag, I, here's the thing. I, like I said, I hate to see talent when you're so talented, you're so gifted. You know, I hate to see it go down like this, <laughs> but I can't lie and say the shit ain't funny. It ain't funny her going down, but it's funny all the shit that they be every day. I mean, I'm like, every day is some shit. <laughs> like, what? Like, if your life is going that crazy, you like, you got to stop at some point and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know, if you, if you got if you got like a, a week of just straight bullshit, you gotta be like, what the hell? <laughs> you gotta stop and just say, I need a moment. <laughs> but there's no stopping it seems for Jack. <laughs> okay, so some of y'all probably want to know what's some of the great shows that you can listen to. Okay. Oh, my God, there's so many. I don't really know because some of them are enemies. They don't like Jack. Some of them do. I say just put Jaguar right in the um, in the uh, con, uh, uh, thing and different shows that come up. But my favorites I've been listening to is uh, I like Sean Davey Way because he always, him and I think King, King Payne always usually have an inside track with Jaguar because Jaguar usually calls him or she comes on live. Tonight her and Goomba were live arguing with <laughs> Sean Davey Way and I didn't get to see it. <laughs> I was only saw part of it. They were arguing about that. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> I'll make sure I catch this later. Then the next thing is, uh, uh, I said King, but for now, King's World, I really like because he has funny ass commentary. Hilarious. So is Perry. Perry is probably my favorite. Perry said, even though they, they have been arguing beefing with Jay. <laughs> And it's been a whole lot. It's a whole lot of more people that I've been listening to on the subject because everybody has different pieces. I, and I'm like, shit. Like, if she thought this shit up, it's brilliant <laughs> to get her a reality TV show. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's I mean, it's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting every day. Like how more, I'm like, wow, I'm intrigued because I'm like, what. Like, how do we go from here to here to here to here? <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's a, fa- it's a fascinating uh, look <laughs> at someone. I don't know if I'm, I don't know why I'm so interested in this. Maybe because <clears throat> at first I was, I'm really cheering. I really want her to do well, but I, it's obvious that there's so, some major things going on. Mental-wise, everything. So it's just, you know, it's like, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly entertained by it, though. I can't lie on that. So, yeah, you guys have to check out all the stuff on YouTube. Let me tell you all, it's a whole lot out there. They got a lot. All right, a whole lot. Woo. Now, <clears throat> I saw this week, I got to see part of the weekend's concert, 
what was on Showtime or HBO? I only saw a little bit of it. But I was like, damn, is he? Like, you know, I saw it was funny. I was laughing because I was like, he has a really awesome stage show. It seems like he, you know, he's born. You know, not only does he borrow his hairstyle and shit for Maxwell, but it kind of looks like he was born the moon symbolism and stuff. Like he had a part in there like moon. It was kind of weird. It, I don't know. Listen, the stage show looked beautiful, but let me just say the obvious, okay? What I really feel, and this is no shade. I don't. I don't think the weekend seems that great. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be mean. I just. I was listening. I was going. Huh? I mean, I didn't understand. And he was just walking up and down to say, "There was nothing." I was not entertained at all. I was like, "What is this about? What the hell is going on around here?" <laughs> beautiful stage, beautiful set, but like, I don't know. I don't know what is it. I. You know what? Maybe I'm just not a weekend fan. There's certain songs of his I thought was cute and catchy, but I'm not understanding how he's making this much money and filling this much arena. These many arenas. Is it like, like have we? What are we? What are we doing here in life? <laughs> I mean, what do we find talented anymore? What do we find great? No offense, I don't want to break nobody's hustle, <clears throat> but I don't know. I was like. He sound like like a chipmunk. No, I ain't trying to be mean either. Maybe it's because it's what maybe the elect maybe the stuff they had on his voice and stuff. But he kind of sound like an elect, a chipmunk version of Michael Jackson. It just didn't. I I just wasn't feeling the weekend. I've never maybe I've never felt the weekend. And maybe I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I, and I, I'm not trying to be like mean. It's just. I guess favor ain't fair in life, you know, because it's some shit. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, how you got, like, arena full of people, like a big-ass arena full of people, and they put all this money behind. But, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, he's more on a techno kind of, I see what it is, kind of weird disco kind of energy, kind of like, and I really think the thing that sells The weekend is his beats and his sound. Not sexy. There's nothing sexy about the weekend. He looks. He's okay. I mean, but he's a good looking. I mean, he's decent. I just. But there's nothing. I'm, I'm like, mm. and why y'all be placing him in the R&B category? Just, it's a mystery to me. Is it just because he's black? Because he sings nothing. He does not sing R&B music whatsoever. The shit I heard was not rhythm and blues. May have elements of it, but it was not yet, not much. Of. Crazy. It was very interesting. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, but I only saw a little bit. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I mean, just I, you know, I can't get through it. All right. <clears throat> so I gotta keep clearing my throat. You guys, I'm having allergy problems. So forgive me. I know the last week or so, couple weeks I've been doing that. So excuse me. You know, I'm just going through. Okay, but um. Your it's a word for this week. Okay, I don't really know. You know, I always say, somebody really know if I have it, it's a word. But yes. this is what your it's a word is this week. I, I feel like it is, okay? I say that, too, when I'm insecure about my it's a word. <laughs> but your it's a word is, you know, this, I've decided that I want to do and with some of my friends, kind of like a six-month boot camp for myself, you know. 
And I'm kind of creating it now and going to share, you know, some with some of my girl. We talked, you know, talked about it and try to share with them. You know, we're trying to partner and just see, like, how we can help each other through it. But here's my six-month boot camp plan, okay? I want to work on health, like health. As you know, I'm a half a century now, <laughs> right? And so I want to work on my health, wellness, like health and wellness, uh, spirituality, uh, spiritual health, and, um, oh, it was something, uh, I forget, I don't know, I'm excited to write it down, uh, spiritual health, and uh, also um, spiritual uh, spiritual health and wellness, uh, and uh, just your health and wellness, period, and your physical calories, like how you're going to do your you know, how to take care of your body. So one of the things I really want to do <clears throat> and really want to get serious about it is, and I'm, I always write down my plan, so I'm t- try to, you know, I try to write down a plan to try to conquer, you know, and uh, for the six months, one of the things I want to do is, you know, really working, like, really hard this time on. And the reason I'm telling you all is because I'm trying to make myself accountable by telling somebody <laughs> Tell it on the air. That way, you know, in six months I got to be up. You know, my shit got to be up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and working on our, our, our finances, money, investment, all kind of stuff like that, to making sure no paying off debt, stuff like that, okay? That's what, you know, and I'm trying to get some friends. And maybe you guys, uh, has a, when I make the plan, I'll come on and I'll talk to you guys. If you guys would like to join the plan, if you need some friends or some encouragement and stuff like that, I may create a group. <clears throat> that we come to and privately talk and that we can help each other through boot camp. So my six-month boot camp is going to be about that, taking care of my health and my wellness, getting to the place I really want to be regarding my weight and um, how I want to, uh, where I want to be spiritually, kind of financially, and all these things really work on them. six months. And in that six-month plan, you know, giving, like taking, you don't have to get like each, I was thinking about each a month, I'm like thinking about giving up something. <laughs> like, you know, giving up like like, like something like maybe I give up this this month. I give up that this month. Like disciplining myself certain things. Like, you know, I even thought about one month social media because social media can be so much. <laughs> Oh my God! It gave me so much at this, even at this age. I, I I don't even know how you young people sometimes do it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, um, it can be. Sometimes it can be a lot, a lot of information, a lot of things. And I want to leave it alone, but it's so hard, and especially when you're attached to certain things, you know. And then I also feel like. <clears throat> Like, social media can fuck with your head sometimes, you know, like, you know, give you a spin-off illusions and shit like that. And so even as an older person, you know, you go through that. So sometimes I just, you know, I'm like, get get myself maybe a break from, a much-needed break from social media, stuff like that. So here is the thing. You know, if you guys have any idea for a six-month boot camp, things you'd like to add, stuff like that, I will try um, next week or this week or whatever I do the next show to try to have 
together like an idea for my plan and what me and some friends are going to do and how we're going to support each other. If you like to join in and do the six-month blueprint plan for yourself or create a plan for yourself and take care of certain things in your life and you want to, maybe we might form a group or something like that, and you, you'd be interested, let me know. You can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? <clears throat> and, you know, I just feel like sometimes women need to do that. And it doesn't mean it matter if you're young, old, whatever age you are, you know, whatever goals you have, if there's a goal you want to complete or certain goals and stuff like that, yeah, and we throw it in like a six-month plan to see where we're And, you know, we just don't, it's not just about six months. It's even about, you know, just goals throughout, like short-term goals throughout the six months, okay? So, yeah, I love to start on this. Like very so I'm, you know, I'm actually, you know, starting to start on it soon and where we can, this month, where we can start to uh, see the progress. So that's your it's a word. It's like I guess I'm saying to you guys, do something for yourself that you feel is important at this stage in your life. Take six months and maybe come up with, like, six months, what am I going to do? What's my plan in these next six months? How do I want to do it? How do I want to, <clears throat> who do I want to share it with? Who do I want to uh, uh, um, have a supportive group and that I'm a, a supportive group of people who I'm accountable to and who can help me and I can help them? And how can I use this to achieve something that I need to achieve in the next six months, okay? Something powerful for yourself, okay? And that's, the, it's a word because, I feel like uh, we're in this season of where we remember I talked about 2023 and what I thought it was and another dimensions and meeting our new self, meeting up with our new self. We're all in my spiritual mind. We're already in a new dimension, and we need to meet our new um, new self for this journey, right? It's just like, uh, you know, and like just just meet and throwing away old things. Like this week I was thinking there was a situation that was happening, and I, but I've been noticing I've been going in a cycle with something. There's a particular situation. <laughs> I've been having like a spiritual cycle that I've been going through <laughs> for a little while now. And every time I think I got a breakthrough in this cycle, it comes right back around to the same shit. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I had to see it Like this week I was like You know I was drawn into Like the cycle again And I'd be like I'd be knowing Like when the cycle Like the certain energies And stuff That is pulling me into A cycle Where I'm going No Because when I don't see Anything different Is going to happen See what, what sometimes happens Even for people uh, Just <clears throat> Period how you can be pulled into cycles of, like, uh, bad habits, uh, bad relationships, bad uh, 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 bad investments and stuff, is that sometimes uh, things look like they're going to be a little better or they look like they're going to be this and that. You know, cycles may pull you in by a promise or a lure of, oh, this is going to be different. But once you come into them, 
you find out you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off in the same shit, <laughs> right? And so I was like, no, I found myself this cycle last couple of weeks. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that cycle again. Like, I'm tired <laughs> of the same bullshit. Like, I want a different cycle for myself within 2023. And that cycle requires uh for myself not go, not doing things over and over again that cause me, that do nothing for me, <laughs> or that leave me guessing, or that leave me unsure. <laughs> I want to know where I'm going, have a, have a, have a good, you know, a, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can't see everything. But to not have illusions in front of me, and illusions can be in forms of <clears throat> a lot of bad habits that we create for ourselves, sometimes to escape, to get away, you know, from and, and, and we're not dealing with real shit that we need to deal with, okay? So I hope y'all get that, right? So I'm, that's what I'm kind of uh, hoping that you guys will take a moment, look at your six-month cycle and see what you want to do what things you don't want to do anymore, and making sure <clears throat> you are replacing those things that you don't want to do with something else or replacing old cycles with something else so that you can have the new and improve you, meet you in this dimension of 2023, okay, this new, improved you, so you can have the 2023 you and not the 2022 you, okay. You can be moved and that it moves you into a cycle of newness after newness, okay, and she don't get caught in the old cycles going around and around and around and around in the circle. You know, I remember one of my friends was telling me about a relationship that they were having, and they were like, you know, this is constantly the same shit. <laughs> Years ago, before I had a friend who was just in a bad relationship, and I'm like, what are you, you know, what's the deal? And she's like, every time I think this is going to happen, don't happen, don't blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you, what the fuck, then get out. I mean, you know, when you, because when you do the same thing over and over again, it's insanity, but you don't know that you're in it. And that's just with life shit, too. Like, you know, she was doing the same shit over and over again with this person. This person wasn't going to do shit. Then she really finally realized this motherfucker ain't going to do shit. <laughs> he going to be in, he going to be in this same place doing this same bullshit. I ain't got to put up with it. <laughs> And, and she broke herself free. Now, yours might not be a relationship. Yours might be habits, bad habits, or <clears throat> bad friendships, all kinds of things that you might be just investing in and hoping they're going to change, hoping that they're going to do something different, and you find yourself going right back around the same old fucking circle like the people, the children of the Israelites when they went round and round the mountain for 40 years. <laughs> you don't want to find yourself there, okay? <laughs> so what I'm saying is get, also look at that, those things in your life too because, you know, some things create stagnation and uh, even friendships, relationships, bad habits, all those kind of things can keep you from going into the new cycle of you, and it can hold you up in your boot camp. You know what I'm saying? It can hold you up in your whatever you decide your six-month cycle or your six-month boot camp is going to be, if it's going to be finances. If you are doing the same thing, bad things with finances, and you're going around in a circle with the finances, it's not, you, 
you know, your six months, it can impede your six-month cycle to do better financially. Or if yours is to conquer fear in your life and you're not conquering elements that you need to conquer and you find yourself going up in the same cycles, then <clears throat> you, you, you have to stop that cycle because it can impede your progress and where you want to go within the six months, okay? So that's what I'm asking you guys to think about. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to bring my little six-month thing next week. I actually am going to meet with – I'm going to try to – I'm getting ready to set my my appointment with my astrologist. <laughs> and my coach kind of – I have a, a – I, let me tell you who my person is. I There are two – I love several astrologists, but my person – who I usually use, she's funny, she's down to earth. I mean, she always be telling me shit straight up. Even if I disagree with her, I'll be like, ah, I'm dead, agree with that. <laughs> but she always be like, that's that lever in you or whatever. I, I have a person, the astrology lady who I really love, Apollonia is her name. Oh, my gosh, she's so good at, you know, reading charts, reading your stuff. I mean, great. I love it. She be telling me straight up shit. <laughs> right? So... <clears throat> You might have a, a somebody you want to do that with. I'm like, that's one of the things I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to get my, you know, we, I'm going to talk to her about some of these things and what she sees, how I can help myself in this upcoming year, in this six-month cycle, how I can help myself achieve what I need to achieve in my six-month cycle. That's just my thing. Your thing might be something else. It's not only astrology, but I also, you know, God, y'all know I'm a Jesus girl. I love the Lord, so church and stuff like that. But also, uh, or spirituality in some form, not necessarily church, but spiritual, getting, you know, spirituality in some form, uh, reading the word, whatever. Um, what is yours? How do you, because I feel like you've got to have some some form of spirituality to help push you and guide you. For me, it does. I, I do. I need that. So what do you need to help guide you within the six months? So once I do that, I'll bring it to you guys, like my six months, plan and what I'm going to do, and I'll give you guys progress updates. If you guys feel like, hey, Carlotta, this is something that I would like to join in. Okay, fellas, I'm sorry, I'm just asking for the ladies, but fellas, I mean, if you want to join, you can still listen to the idea of the plan and do it for yourself. But <clears throat> for the ladies, if you're interested, let me know, okay? The Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, you can hit me up, give me a message, or my Instagram, Carly's underscore galaxy okay and if i get enough fellows or something if fellows keep writing me or something maybe i'll help y'all form a group or something with each other connect y'all with each other okay all right that's it on that so when i get back we're going to talk about rihanna performing at the Oscars. we got to talk about chris rock special uh tyler perry honey i did i hear this right tyler perry trying to buy bet Child, I was like, you know what? If it, if it, if this means more uh, ruthless and the Oval, well, Paramount, you can keep that shit. <laughs> no offense, no offense, Tyler, but <clears throat> I mean, you know. <laughs> All right. So the rumor is that him and Byron Allen are up to buy BET. For BET to go up and black go back to black ownership, okay. So it, it, the majority of BET will be under black ownership, okay. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Plus, 
uh, young Miami talking about she ain't sharing no more me and down these streets. <laughs> we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about, okay, you guys? Meanwhile, I'm going to put on, let me see. Meanwhile, let's get some music going. Uh, let's start off with, uh, what is it that I want to hear? You know, I'll be thinking I have it. I'll be having it up, and then I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. Okay, let's start off with, um, you know that I love you, Donnell Jones. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
funny. You should call. I love that song. Gerald LaVert is one of my favorite, favorite singers. He is like probably in my top, top 10, top 15 probably. I, 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 I used to go see Gerald a whole lot. I met Gerald. I met Gerald's fans back in the day. Like he was old, like years ago. <laughs> and he was so nice. They were so nice. Like the family was here one time for a um, a show. Uh, uh, him and his father had done together. And then I I met Joel at his birthday party. I met Joel a couple few times, but he was so cool, very nice, very. They were very, very nice. And his manager, it was about yeah, they were very nice. And one of the things I remember, my just one of my highlights, like I went, I went to go see Joel. I, I went to see him like a lot. I've, I've seen Joel when he was with uh, with Lavert and Solo. But one night I went to go to a Joel Lavert concert at Starlight with some friends, and we were sitting like right up front, and Joel and his father just my highlight. Like, one of my favorites, they were singing Baby Hold On To Me because of the special kind. And they both bit down and started singing that part to me. Like, they were singing. <laughs> I was like, wow. It was dope. Okay, and my friend was like, ah. It was just dope. And then they bit, they went over to give me some, gave me some flowers. Listen, I'll tell you, I ain't never seen no shit like this. They bit down and gave me the flowers. Shit. Bitches was reaching over. I just ducked and went on. <laughs> I'm having flowers, but it was so cool because we was just like going crazy. I mean, it was like really cool. So I always remember that, like Charles Bird and his dad sing a part of Baby Hold On to Me. <laughs> all right, so that was pretty cool. All right, so it's the CC show. I am back in the building this week, and we are talking hot topics. So what hot topics have I got? I mean, we've been talking hot topics since it started. But, uh, shit, what should we get? Okay, y'all talking about the Chris Rock special. I have not seen the Chris Rock special yet. I've seen parts of it. I was, I'm not surprised at anything Chris Rock does. Chris Rock is, used to be one of my favorite comedians. Sometimes Chris can get a little out there. You know, I've had growth a little bit mentally since Bring the Pain. And now when I look at Bring the Pain, I look at it differently than I used to look at it. Uh, let me just say this. Some of the video things I've seen look very funny. Chris is funny. But sometimes Chris can be doing, he can do some kind of wild comedy where I really don't like some of the things he says racially. Uh, a lot of people were having a controversy when he said, you know, because I was raised right, why he didn't hit uh, Chris Rock back because he said, I'm raised right, you know. And plus, my mama taught me not to fight in front of white people. And a lot of people on Twitter <laughs> and stuff were going, well, what does it matter about how you do in front of white people and all this stuff? And there's a lot of young kids and stuff. Let me just explain this, okay, for y'all. It's not about white people and how great white people are. This is not why black parents taught that. But black people weren't saying, yo, white people was great. But back in the day, yeah, it's especially for Generation Xers, you know, you they would teach us not to do things in front of white people, not because white people were gods or they were great, but it was to not reinforce a stereotype about us. So our families would tell us, you know, I know y'all don't understand nothing about, you know, like they tell you not to say anything, you know. It, I, I know I use it sometime on this show, 
But you, you know, they would tell you not to say nigga in front of white people. Like, you know, you can say Negro in front of, you know, talking among each other. What that, it, until rap and hip hop came, that was a no no. <laughs> uh, they would tell you, don't be fighting in front of these white folks. Don't be making me look bad. Because it wasn't because white people were great. It wasn't reinforced. It was saying, hey, let's not reinforce the stereotype about ourselves. Okay. And, as much as y'all say we don't care what white people think, unfortunately, in the United States and stuff, we do have to somewhat care because they got, you know, they got the, when we look at corporate heads and corporations and stuff like that, these are people who give you a job, these are people who communicate. So you don't got to care what white people think, but you got to care what certain people, how you carry yourself and your reputation and stuff like that, okay? So I understood very much what Chris Rock was saying. Chris Rock is a Generation X. For you Z's and stuff like that, you be like, huh? But, but it's 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 very it's very much a real thing even still, okay? Because you don't want to reinforce stereotypes that people have about African Americans in uh, our Black America, or our other Black people. Period. So your parents would be very very much telling telling you those things, okay? So that's why. Um, uh, that a lot of that would happen, okay? Um, okay, now the Biden administration, this was an interesting article I saw t- today, too. Uh, Biden administration uh, restarting families' attention for migrants, what they got on Donald Trump so much about. Oh, remember? And remember when, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, had him, to, uh, when they found out Barack Obama had them, they was doing the same thing with these detention centers. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like Biden is trying. The Biden administration is thinking the same thing. Why? Because the guy not in control out in these streets. Okay. Says Biden administration. This is according to uh, MSN.com. It says the Biden administration is considering restarting uh, the controversial policy that detains migrants who enter the country illegally with their children. Two sources familiar with the planning confirmed to NBC. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement Policy known as family detention was stopped by President Joe Biden shortly after he took office. The New York Times reported that the administration was considering reintroducing the policy. The Department of Homeland Security did not immediately respond to the request for a comment Monday. Two sources familiar with the planning Say White House and Department of Homeland Security officials have met multiple times in recent days to discuss what would be necessary to restart the policy when Title 42 ends on May 11th, but no decisions have been made yet. The policy has been used by President Barack Obama starting in 2014 and was continued by President Donald Trump. Title 42 is a public health law by the Trump administration in 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. Border agents have used it to deny migrants the right to enter the U.S. to claim asylum. More than 2.3 million people have been expelled under it since the Trump administration invoked it. Um, I don't see a problem with this. Uh, listen, as long as the detention centers are humane and nice and temporary, um, I feel that we have to start the business back of sending people back to their prospective countries. America right now is going through its own pain. I don't think y'all know where the fuck America is at. I really don't. I, I think most people don't. I mean, you feel the pain. 
you can feel the birthing pains, but you don't really know a lot of y'all where it's coming from. We really don't realize that we we in a we in a bad spot right now. The high inflation, uh, gas is slowly creeping up. Child, it's a lot of shit. Uh, housing market falling. Uh, it's a lot of shit going on out here. Interest rates high, y'all. I don't think. I think we are going to enter a time unprecedented for our country, and we can't afford to have people here just eating off the system. Why Biden thinks that's a, a smart idea is stupid to me. We need American citizens in the building, and they need to be. <laughs> and we need to be throwing all our proud, our all our stuff that we have at America. Okay, I mean, because we got a lot more homelessness is on the rise, everything. So it's no time to joke, in my opinion. Okay, so yeah, very interesting. And um, this next one of the story is very interesting too. It's a U.S. Uh, family, what's it, a family, I think? Put this up here. Oh, I forgot it up. Four Americans kidnapped after crossing um, into U, uh, Mexican border. It says search is underway uh, for Americans kidnapped in Mexico border town. Uh, says Mexican and U.S. authorities said on Monday they were working to find four Americans who were shot at by gunmen in northern Mexico and, the, and then kidnapped shortly after crossing the border. The four Americans were in a white minivan with North, North Carolina license plates when they entered Matamoros Tamaulipas on Friday. The U.S. Embassy in Mexico said seeking the public's help in identifying the kidnapper. The gunman fired on the passengers shortly after their vehicle crossed into Mexico and then herded them into another vehicle before fleeing the sea. Fleeing the embassy said. An innocent Mexican was killed in the incident. U.S. Ambassador to Mexico Ken Salazar said in a statement, a Mexican official told Reuters three men and one woman were kidnapped, okay, though the authorities have not released their identity. ABC News reported uh, the four were Lativa, Tay McGee, Shade, Woodward, Lindell Brown and Eric James Williams. Hmm. Latavia, Taylor McGee. That sounds, I don't know, that sounds bad. Since ABC spoke with McGee's mother, who said McGee was traveling with a group from South Carolina to Mexico to get cosmetic surgery. Oh, Lord. NBC News is citing a law enforcement source also reported the group was traveling for a cosmetic surgery. Early in the day, um, Mexico's president, said the Americans had crossed into Mexico to buy medication. I believe it will be resolved. I hope so. President Andrews Manuel Lopez of Order said in a regular news conference, adding that Mexico's public security ministry was working with the FBI to find the missing Americans. The U.S. Department has advised Americans not to travel to Tam Lupus in part due to the threat of kidnapping. The city of Matamoros is over the border from Brownsville, Texas. Wow, just over the board, okay? Speaking at a regular news briefing in Washington, White House spokesperson Karine Jean Perry said U.S. law enforcement was in touch with Mexican authorities, as were departments of state and homeland security. Um, 
the FBI is offering a $50,000 reward for the return of the four and arrest those involved. Okay, let me just say this, okay? They're saying, I, you know, out of the 32, and if I got this wrong, I heard today, out of the 32 Mexican uh, cities or 32 Mexican states, that only two are safe to travel in. Now, this is just a fucking across the border. And right as you cross the border is this town, and Americans are getting kidnapped. They have got to do – Mexico is a fucking mess. No, no, no. At some point, somebody got to say it. There's got to be something done. You, this is what happens when you just got outlawed. All kind of shit. It's like they in a continual purge, and they can't do nothing about You can't tell me y'all can't do nothing about the motherfucking cartel. Out of fucking control. I ain't here to break nobody's trouble, but this is getting out of control. Well, you can't even travel safely. So just imagine, some of that shit might creep on over. They sending money to the Ukraine to fight a proxy war over there in Ukraine. You probably need to be sending some money to some of these Mexican authorities to fight this war, to fight the court. Yeah, this is a mess. Okay, this is a mess in here. When Americans start feeling that shit, which we have and we haven't noticed because it's been relegated to American gangs and shit like that, but it ain't cute. Ain't cute when you have lawlessness everywhere. Fucking ruining the tourism and shit like that. That shit like ain't cool. Like that that ain't even smart criminality. It's like fuck. What's that not even smart criminality? <laughs> you know, because you want tourism and all the good stuff to come and the money and you want your people to be good and shit. But like this lawlessness, lawlessness and running around the land. Is somebody want some busy? Crazy. So hopefully they'd be able to find them people. Nay, this is craziness. All right. In other news too, uh, Rihanna's performing at the Oscar. Oscar, she was she's gonna perform this me up. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I feel like lift me up at the Oscars, uh, two thousand twenty three. I think also Lenny performing, Lenny Kravitz. Like, what's Lenny Kravitz performing at the Oscars? Did I read that today? I said, I, I said, I'm there. <laughs> well, I'm there watching on TV, but uh, yeah, probably just tell me, just tell me when Lenny's part comes on. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, uh, oh, he's going to perform during the memorandum, uh, memoriam part portion of the uh, Oscars. Okay. 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 Okay, uh, you know, I, I just make sure I, <laughs> I, I I tune in for that part. <laughs> I'm like being Gemini's. What is it with you being Gemini? <laughs> I like it. I like them. They're weird. <laughs> Why do I like this? <laughs> Crazy. My astrologist says that. To, says that to me. She's like, you like Gemini's, though. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini, Pisces, Taurus. 
your life, horoscopes, all kinds of stuff over the years. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So that should be interesting to see. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I wonder will a Rihanna win for uh, Miss Desson? I kind of, you know, I kind of think she may. I wouldn't be surprised. To be, I said, I need a, I need a Oscar Rihanna as one. <laughs> oh, I haven't given one behind. I haven't given one in a while. How are those ticket sales, by the way? It's so quiet. Like I've only heard about a couple things selling out in London, but I keep hearing people say there are tickets available in American businesses. Yeah, not selling that quite as fast as you thought. <laughs> I told y'all. That's what I'm thinking. Let me make it up. Let me get make it up. Yeah, make it up. Since I'm out here, just to entertain myself. So people are like, Carlotta, are you going? Yes, I do plan on to go to one of the shows. I do, I do, I do. I'm looking. I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if I get, yeah, I'm not going to pay $500 for a ticket. Hell no, but, you know, I'm going to see. Well, I don't know. It depends. I mean, if it's nice floor seats, because I hear there's some nice floor seats for that price range. Yeah, I probably will. Or mid-level, yeah. I probably will. I'm not going to be ridiculous. Uh, Kinda, uh, it's kind of weird because there hasn't been a lot of uh, stuff about this sale, partly because you had to register to buy the tickets, right? So it's not like you cannot log on and just see how the sales are doing. I think that was purposely done, too, because I think they knew they were not going to sell out as fast. Okay, and that's what I'm hearing. I even have registration. I haven't even looked yet. And people tell me, oh, yeah, it's plenty of this ticket still. I, and I, I know the deal. So I wasn't, you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, it's harder to get her tickets because of the registration, not because of tickets selling out. And that's all I'll say. Probably in certain cities, but there's probably a lot of cities that you could still go see Beyonce. Okay, and without and I've heard people say you it's, it's still plenty of nice tickets. Still, without going to the scalpers. Oh, this is going to be a problem for some. <laughs> okay, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. I'll let y'all know what's happening with that, okay? If I see any more articles or something like that, it's a mystery. It's shrouded in kind of mystery right now. And I think they've done that in purpose, okay? And you know what? This is the first tour I feel like Beyonce is seeing so disconnected. Do y'all feel it? I do. I'm like, is she going to even show up? Is Beyonce going to show up at the concert? Like, let me tell you why, because I don't feel, you usually feel the energy of Beyonce. Like, she usually, be, you know, you can hear, you know, they be talking about it and stuff like that. It feels really odd, this, this one. This one. This show feels odd. Like, even for On the Run, you can feel the energy of it before. It doesn't. It feels like Beyonce, like, sitting at home eating bonbons. Like, when this shit happen? <laughs> I know she's probably 
really practicing this stuff, but it feels like the energy feels like she's at home eating bonbons, saying, when this shit happening, I'm just going to show up. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I mean, because you, you haven't seen her anywhere. You have, she's like a ghost. I, it's weird. I think this is the weirdest Beyonce tour I have ever felt. Like, it's weird. It's like a weird energy to it. I can't wait to see it because I know it's going to be a lot of bells and whistles and shit. I'm going for the bells and whistles myself if I get a chance to go. That's my plan. If I go, I'm going for the bells and whistles. But it feels like, where the fuck? It feels like Beyonce. It feels like I don't feel her. I'm like, where, I don't feel her energy. Like, I feel like she's disconnected from it. If you see her, she's sitting at home eating some bonbons and everything coming. Bitch, what's this show coming? Y'all just let me know, and I'll show up on the date I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty just excited about this tour. I don't get it. I don't know. Just weird. Bay has a playlist. Should we talk about it? I'm like, oh, God, my, I, hear, I hear my friends who listen to the show going, oh, my God. Are we going to get an email of the, of the of, of Maxwell's playlist? No, I'm not going to give you guys an email of his playlist, okay? Shut up. <laughs> I can hear my friends. I, I, I feel, I'm, I'm psychically connected to them. I can feel the groans happening. <laughs> And I was like, the other week, I was like to them, I said, oh, you know, which which show are we going to go to for Maxwell this year? He's like, bitch, are you serious? You just met him. <laughs> I, was like, I got an idea. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> I'm like, how about we do the Hollywood Bowl? And they're like, oh, my God, what is wrong with her? <laughs> Dude, are you not tired? Why not? Why don't you want to go? They don't get it. <laughs> they like, shut up. Shut up. Go away. You just had a full year of nothing but touring with Maxwell. <laughs> Sit your ass down. <laughs> okay, you guys. If you want to check out Maxwell's playlist on uh, Tidal, I don't know how it's going to be up there. He cheery curated a playlist of different songs. I actually liked the playlist. It was very good. This one song I really liked, I put for my evening groove called Roses. Oh, it was really nice. And, you know, Janet is always my shit. Anytime, any place. Jeez. I love that video. It's so sexy. He had some sexy choices. I actually liked his choices. They were very good. Let's see. Do I have it? Do I have it up? Let's take some of the songs he chose. Okay. He chose uh, "Doomed," uh, "Roses," "Glimpses of Us," "Misty," "Samara." I like Samara Joy, so I really love that choice. Uh, "Anytime, Any Place," "Child," that you never go wrong with that. How's that? F.K. A Twigs. Okay, here's the thing about FKA Twigs. I forgot she even sang. Because, you know, it, a few years ago, it was so much controversy about who she was with and who she was dating and shit. That I forgot about her ass, but she's actually singing. And she's actually very, like, talented. 
like really, like really good, in a in a strange, like odd sort of way. Right? And, and that's why I posted up her like doing a pole dance. Now I can admire a chick who pole dances, okay? Because that's my dream. Like I want to roll around a pole. <laughs> it's a sexy dance. Like I love that shit. <laughs> now my friends laugh at me when I do. We do. I do pole dance and stuff. Like we do pole dance. I can't really. I'm really. I just be rolling around the pole. I wish I could do a reach too. Like I, I mean, see, what's her? I'm talking about the college one. SK Twiggy like around the pole. She's doing it to Maxwell fun. Oh my god. You know she did that shit. I was like, yes, okay, bitch, let's do that. You look good, okay? Damn, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I didn't get one spin, like, you know. <laughs> oh, and this year we were like darting with the chairs. Like this year when we did pole dancing class for my birthday, we started with the chairs. And then we did like a go around the chair and stuff. And it's so funny because we was like, we was all like, woo, it was like a tricky little trick thing that you did or something. And then we also learned pole. We're doing a little uh, learn how to do our spins again. So, oh my God, yeah. And I was like, okay. I told, I said, I'm gonna really get serious. I got a lot of things coming up, but I really want to get serious and really just take time, just take like a six month dance course or something like that, and just have fun and learn dance. This older lady online who does like the heel dance. I forget her name. She does like. Um, let me look and see if I can find her. So, yeah, I mean, she is really inspiring to see. Um, when I say she can do it, my ass can do it. <laughs> I don't know if I can find her online right now. Um, but she does a lot of uh, pole dancing uh, and stuff. So it's it's really um, it's really interesting to see. Okay. But yeah, she does. She does not. Not pole dance, more sexy dance, like the girl, the heel girls do. The girls who wear heels. Um, Janelle, Janelle, Janelle. I forget her their name, but like Joey Chavez and them. It's, it's so good. She's but she's older and she does it. So it's really. I was like, I'm gonna learn. I am. I keep saying it to myself, and I haven't taken the time to do it, but I am gonna take the time. Okay. I have something else in the works that I'm taking the time for too. So part of my six month thing. But, uh, yeah, but I really want to do that. <laughs> All right, and then there's another song uh, he had he had on his list. Uh, at Misty, anytime, any place, uh, how's that, FKA Twiz. I never thought I, uh, the Charday song, uh, I forget the name of the one from Stronger Than Pride, Never Thought I'd See the Day. Uh, mine, which, listen, I've been talking about Alex Isley for, for a long time, for a couple of years, maybe two or three years now. This girl is so dope. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm glad he's catching on. <laughs> I got people catching on. But I like, you know, do like Maxwell, you should bring her on tour. Like, kind of, and like the, the two places she went on tour with him, I think I, it wasn't my place. I would love to see her on a show. She is really good. I mean, every song. But that song, mine, oh, my God, it's one of the most beautiful, like, songs lyrically. Like, oh, my God. The way it starts out, it's really, like, it's like a tele, I don't know, can I, it feels like a, a telepathic, uh, sexy love song. I don't know, you know, 
it does. It just has that kind of vibe to me. Like it, it's, it has a mental vibe. Like it's, it's really nice. I love it. So, and it has also have further away, Ash Minor, uh, uh, every kind of way her ATR, whatever you call it, roster, jazz, and so of course. Okay, listen to a Negro like Maxwell would have a roster song on his. <laughs> I bet you got a roster. I'm, I'm sure that this is a roster song. I'm sure it's going to catch feelings. <laughs> I'm sure it. I'm sure that's the truth. That's a real song. <laughs> uh, Comfort, Wetter, Beyonce version. Uh, persuasive. Uh, what is this? Maria? Maria? I don't know if I said, I'm saying that right. Maria? We've lost dancing. Okay. So pretty nice playlist. Check it out on title. It's uh he calls it Maxwell's Black History of Love. Now what I really would have loved he, he's supposed to have curated it. I don't know, I didn't hear any talking. I like when people explain why they like a song. It would have been neat to hear why he he chose these particular songs, like why he likes them. If anybody knows Maxwell, ask tell him could he please put on why he likes those songs. We'd like to know what do those songs mean to you. <laughs> Especially roster. I think we get a feeling we get it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we like to know what, you know, what, yeah, what, I, I, I like when people curate, like when he did the Prince thing and he told, like, every, like, son, why, you know, different. I like it. I don't know. Am I missing the talking part? Is there a talking part to this? Because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear the talking part, okay? So, yeah. It would be uh, interesting to hear why you picked those songs, right? Uh, also, on um, what's coming? What's up? Oh, in in the okay. First we got we got to talk about Tyler. Before I get to the end of my piece, okay? Tyler Perry is in talk to buy the majority stake of BET. Now, normally. And I'm not I'm not trying to hate, you know, because I've been I've been getting on Tyler the last couple of weeks here, and you know it's not hate. It's I I really listen. I've, I I used to be Tyler Perry's biggest cheerleader, but for me now I'm just why I'm happy to see. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up too. If I can try to pull up the uh, the. I'm always happy to see people succeed and live uh uh and and people get to people get to see uh um, people succeed and and do dreams. To me, a lot of times with celebrities, we are shown has black America and black America we've learned to cheer black celebrity. It's been that way for uh, centuries now in America because we like to see each other make it, but we like to cheer sometimes, often, especially in the world of celebrity, people's acquisition, acquisitions and uh, things, and and, and and we don't have a deeper understanding of what that means to us as a community and a whole. And sometimes, even people of color, when they achieve a, a, a um, something so huge as if has like owning a BT or something like that. Uh, it sometimes doesn't affect the way we live. 
are the way most of Black America lives because a lot of times celebrity, and this is not to diss celebrity, and it's not to make people feel guilty for doing well or acquiring things, but a lot of times they like to sell the idea because they want us to keep feeding their engines, but nobody gives back to the community at large, okay? And what we have is we'll end up having, instead of a white gatekeeper, we have now a black gatekeeper. And there is no expansion for us as a group to 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 advance with uh, your purchase of BT. How does that affect us as a group? Okay, and so um, that's my concern when I look at. It. I just don't want black people to say, like Jay Z said years ago. Uh, my presence is the president or whatever. He said, no, it ain't, Negro. Not if you're selling us aspirations and dream, and only thing is black people is giving into your stuff has you gatekeep the system. And there's no further advancement. This, this doesn't help to advance the, the group or the majority, okay? And oftentimes they try to sell it as that. Like Jay-Z, when he bought Tidal, remember Tidal was a, a company, I believe, over in Sweden, and then people found out he had all white employees over there <laughs> because technically it's more than just about buying a, country, uh, a company. It's about creating infrastructures that would help, you know, when you sell it off as, hey, we buying this company means something to black America. No, it doesn't if it doesn't advance us as a group. It may mean something for Black History Month that you bought a, 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 a title, but it doesn't mean anything for the advancement of our people. And oftentimes black people are cheering gatekeepers on who, who mind the, who mind the, uh, the thing. And, and it's only a few that get up there and it's no room for others. And they okay. They sometimes they're quite content with that. And, um, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. So sometimes I'm not so quick to cheer certain things on, okay? Uh, not anymore. Uh, but this, this is according to Deadline.com. It says, Byron Island and Tyler Perry, I and BT, has Paramount explored sales of majority states, okay? Um, and you know what? I also would like to see some women in the fray. Oprah at one time owns own network. I know Oprah probably was like, child, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. She owns uh, 50% at one point. Now she's down, I think, to 20% that she sold back to into Western House. But I would love to see a black woman who have a stake into the media business. That's just a black guy's event. No offense, I love to see black men advance because black men often don't. But I love to see... Uh, uh, black females in this area too. Okay, but it says updated. Uh, it says updated with Byron Allen interest. Byron Allen said he wants to buy BT as Paramount Global is looking at sale of assets. Now he is the second suitor after Tyler Perry, who also is said to have expressed interest. Now, I would love to see an American black because a lot, a lot lately we've had black Americans who have who have been who have not been in control of media companies. What they what a lot of times is no offense to no offense to anybody in diaspora and to Africans, but a lot of times it's African people over some of these uh big places like the Shade Room, all these different companies, Essence now is owned by 
uh, a lot a guy from Liberia, stuff like that. And sometimes I'm not sure, you know, even with black Americans, sometimes our interests, you know, we have to always watch the black American interest to me. And the fact that black America has failed so far out of owning, uh, owning, uh, black media, not good because it, it takes away from our stories. Okay. And, uh, my hope is that if you're looking at sell BT, you're looking at it as sell to a black American person and that we see more black American people getting in the area of media. Okay, starting to move in. I think we, I think Jason, uh, Jason over Hollywood Unlocked is, uh, 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 I think his background is black American, but, but uh, biracial black American. But we, we, we need to see more black Americans getting back at the helm. We've lost so many things, and it's no offense to anybody, any other group. It's just that uh, there's this thing to kind of. Out us out and it, it, it ice us out because there's this move of globalism. But I'm hoping that the black black people who decide to purchase this understand the importance of Black America, our stories, and um, and how important it is to continue that uh, legacy. But not, but also uh, be a place where others can tell their story too. But to not forget the group. Over in uh, over in, uh, to not forget Black Americans. Okay, sometimes I get scared of these types of people because they all have agendas, and you're not seeing anybody new in the fray, you know. And I'm always wondering, like, what happened to Bob Johnson? What do you got a billion dollars here? Or what happened to the owners, the former owners of Essence and stuff like that? Where are y'all at? Are they kids or somebody? But yeah. It's very interesting, but it's saying, uh, this according to Deadline, it's saying it's looking for a sell. He is the second suitor after Tyler Perry, who was also said to have expressed interest. Byron Allen is interested in buying VT, and he will be pursuing an act, the acquisition of the network, a spokesman for the Allen Media Group said in a statement. Tyler, now, I ain't going to lie here. I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't know how I feel about Byron Allen. He's not buying up a lot. I like Byron. But listen, I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> Tyler Perry Byron, I'm I'm on fence, you know. I don't know. Uh, be interesting, okay? But it says Tyler Perry's on BT Media has parent Paramount Global explores a sale of majority stake in the division. Perry, who has a strong relationship with BT CEO Scott Mills, as well as Paramount Global CEO Bob Bakish, has expressed interest to Paramount in owning the asset. Has his own producing deal with BEP is coming to an end. He supplies a large portion of the scripted content on BET and BET Plus and is a partner with Paramount on the streaming service launch of 2019. Listen, no offense, Tyler, that shit's been bogus. I done already said that. It's early days uh, and given BET's iconic status within black culture and the black creative community, it could see interest from other black high network individuals or minority-owned institutions. A person familiar with the situation said Paramount would maintain a minority stake as well as, as commercial agreements with BT for content across its platform in any deal. Paramount has been clear about its desire to explore opportunities to raise cash, including an attempt to sell uh, publisher uh, Simon & Schuster. Its move with BET Media was a fir- first reported in the Wall Street Journal. The company declined to comment. 
The division includes the BT Linear Networks, BT Plus, BT Studios, launched in 2021, with partners Kenya Barris, Rashida Jones, and Aaron Rashawn Thomas, and VH1, which has moved under the BT umbrella last year. BT, or Black Entertainment Television, was founded by Robert Johnson in 1980, the first cable channel to cater to black audiences, acquired by Viacom in 2001 in a deal worth $3 billion. Paramount, $2.2 billion deal to sell uh, book publishers Simon & Schuster. The Penguin Random House fell through on regulatory concerns. But it's made it clear that a non-core asset and uh, it remains on the block. In recent years, it's so CBS NYC headquarters known as Black Rock and website Submit. It declined offers for Showtime and uh, announcing other plans for that asset, namely merging with Paramount and uh, streaming and Leonard TV. Okay, let me just say this, okay? My hope to these companies is you sell to a black American. That's my hope. Because um, the talent was founded by a black American, and it's important to see black Americans present in media. So no matter who that is, I would love to see that. Okay. Um, yeah, but interesting that Tyler Perry uh, is, is interesting. This, that, 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 that. I don't know Tyler got that much money. What are you going to do? Put a, I mean, he, this is, well, he's probably coming through with partners, but it's like, I mean, I know Byron has got the partnerships and stuff. It's just going to be interesting, Tyler Perry. I'm, what I'm concerned about with Tyler Perry, this is my big concern with Tyler Perry, is that we don't get ruthless too, and our <laughs> we don't get crazy shit. I don't know. Um, I, Byron Allen, there's some concerns there too. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it would be interesting to see not just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe a group of black men and black men and women to take on BT, but very interesting. I would really, I would be interested to see, you know, I don't know, what what is Robert Johnson doing right now? Last I heard he got married. How old is Robert Johnson now? I don't know if he would be even interested. I, I would love to see BT going into hands that are worthy of grabbing it, you know, who who can see a future and see the future of programming, understanding uh, Black America, giving to Black America back to something, giving it back something of itself in a programming that is good for them, fun for them. Um, I don't know if those two are it. I really can't say. You know, it'd be interesting. Should be interesting to see. Okay. Um, what's next? Where are we at? Okay. Um, about the Chris Rock special. Uh, NAACP ratings were up seventy-two percent. Has ceremony returns to CBS. Okay, so I didn't watch it. I told you I kind of gave up on the TV awards and stuff like that. But that's interesting. It is back seventy-two per 
since, okay, since going back to uh, uh, BET, okay? All right, let's talk about John Morant. Okay. Child. Okay, you know, I had just seen, I, I was just talking uh, to my husband because we were watching uh, uh, something, I was watching um, a special, and John Morant, with, along with some other players, were on this little thing, special thing, they were all in the room, and I was laughing. I remember I was laughing because I said, these, none of these kids have the communication skills or the charm or anything that can help them be the next face of the NBA. I mean, to watch them in the room together, it was like these were the newest, youngest stars coming up in the NBA, and it was really interesting to see. You know, when you look at Steph, LeBron, even the previous era, Jordan, Charles Barkley, Shaq, all the very big personalities, very charmers, all kinds of these new ones. Oh my God! I was looking at, and I particularly noticed John Morant because he was in this room, and I was like, Oh my God! What is going on here? What's going on with these kids? So they they didn't seem to have any interaction or fun with the reporter, and it was a fun subject. It was just weird. So it doesn't surprise me this week of seeing what's all happened with John Morant. Memphis Grizzlies head coach reveals John Morant will be away and definitely following a viral video flashing again. This is the point of flipboard.com. says Memphis Grizzlies head coach reveals John Morant will be away from the team and definitely following a suspension for flashing a gun on Instagram. Ooh, this weekend, John Moran had a lapse in judgment and posted a video of him flashing a firearm during an early morning Instagram Live. John was traveling with the team and decided to hit a strip club where he did the live stream. The backlash was almost instant, and a swift reminder once something hits the Internet, it's there forever. The NBA immediately reacted by suspending Josh for two games, and Josh swiftly issued an apology. Now, he had some other things going on. Uh, this week, but he says, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting me down. I'm going to take some time away to get help, work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. The two-game suspicion was announced ahead of the Grizzlies' trip to Los Angeles to face Clippers and the Lakers. Immediately after the game, head coach Tyler Jenkins was asked about the John Morant situation by the media and offered a shocking update on his return. There's not a definite, definitive timeline, Jensen said, while speaking to reporters. We have uh, said that it will be at least these two days. We are taking a day, a day at a time. This is going to be an ongoing healing process. I can't comment on the terms of the exact timetable it's going to be because it really isn't a timetable situation. While Ja is out healing everyone with corporate interests such as Nike, they will stand by him and support him. The last question left to answer, well, we know how that goes, and Nike said he's going to stand by you for a minute, I think. The last question left is to answer how Zai got the gun to Denver in the first place. The investigation could open a new can of worms for the fan-favorite player, okay? Uh, <clears throat> let me just say this. First of all, I know you ain't hood because everybody in the hood knows. I, when they say John Morant is not that dude, you don't be grand. You don't, who puts a gun on social media, you knew, that's what I'm talking about, you knew kids, like, y'all be doing wild shit, y'all rap about killings, 
y'all, 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 uh, uh, that's obviously real life shit that done happen, or else uh, they wouldn't come after you. Um, you fast guns on the internet talking about crimes, y'all just brand new. This ain't nothing. When you making all kind of money in the NBA, ain't nothing cool about being in hood shit. Really, for real. Who the fuck wants to be? And, you know, I remember having this discussion with a friend of mine, girlfriend of mine. She was talking about her kids. She said, girl, I remember we talked about this. She said, girl, they ain't hood at all, okay? (laughs) Just talking about her kids and just saying, you know, like, it's a much different vibe and, like, how they're a little bit less sometimes weaker. And they want, they're still interested in that life, even though they're nothing like the hood. I even have some family members of mine who, you know, they be rapping hood stuff. I'm like, you don't know nothing about the hood, you little mofo. I mean, and the fascination is because I remember when I was young, like, my cousins that lived in the suburbs and stuff like that, I go to visit them. They come down to visit them. And then I had cousins that lived in the, even in the projects at one time. And I used to go spend the night over their house and stuff like that. So you got, you, everybody got elements of each other. This was in the 70s and 80s. Okay, so even if you if you was black and you lived somewhere in the suburbs, you still got a taste of your hood family, you know, or something like that. You know what? You know, it was like cross culture. So you wasn't you wasn't a suburban kid who wasn't street smart, you know. But nowadays, Generation X and baby boomers raised up these disease and millennials to not have to, for the hood to be this legendary myth to them, the myth in a song. Like, it's, 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 you try to keep your kids away, but you didn't give your kids any street more. And the kids are finding it out through rap and all that stuff, and they become fascinated with that part of, uh, of, of, of life, and they don't have the strength to survive that kind of shit or the skills to survive that kind of shit. Thus, we have John Moran, okay, who... Is a kid who I think grew up, they saying, I'm hearing, I don't know if it's true, suburbia, two-parent, all that stuff, you know, just does not have the strength. He's doing stupid stuff on on TikTok, and then I'm hearing other same rumors of people saying about him, gang affiliation and stuff like that. Listen, if that's true, I don't know, allegedly, listen, if that's true, that's stupid. You are not hood. You went to college. You play in the NBA. You are not hood, guy. Why are you acting out here acting like it? Ain't nothing hood about you. And you know I know ain't nothing good because you were showing off a gun on on the on 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 the Instagram. Seriously, really? Y'all kids are so fascinated by that time. But I tell you all the time. I say all the time. That's how I knew Migos was probably from the suburbs. I was like, everybody knows to stay away from fucking dice games. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I, here's the thing. Y'all so fascinated with the hood. And listen, it isn't that, for me as a black woman, I appreciate my upbringing uh, and uh, and the survivor skills I learned <laughs> and all these things, but it is not the, the bad parts of the experience of growing up in the hood. You know what I loved about back in the 70s and 80s? Even though the crack era was horrible, there was a strength in your families and stuff like that. It was different. It was, it was, it was such a di- And I think that's what the kids really want to know because a lot of times what happens is black people who've come up and out, they think they, they're trying to do everything to bring their family out of impoverishment, but they don't carry with them the same strength and the same um, love and things that, that used to happen in that time in the 70s and 80s in the hood. And the kids kind of, even though they're hearing all about these hood myths and stuff like that, but I think they also are longing for an experience of the hood experience, but experience of teaching them strength and love and how to survive just the world, because the world's a hood. The world's a ghetto, to be honest. So, uh, I think a lot of times parents don't take that with them. They're so busy trying to work hard and give them everything. But they really are fascinated by the what 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 it took to build you. So they go back and listen to all these rap songs and stories of these, these stories about the hood that just, you know, listen, if you grew up in the hood, it was simply not a fun time to be. <laughs> the crack era, there was nothing fun about the crackhead here. I'll tell you this, there was there was good times in it. Lots of good times, lots of you know, uh I can remember so many things, but I also remember post traumatic stress, fear, drive by shootings, shit, crazy shit, people getting killed, all kind of stuff. So listen be glad for the experience that you have as young people. Don't try to recreate the hood in your suburban. I mean, you, you just it, it, it. this is something you don't want. You don't. You don't. There were certain good parts of the hood, but the bad parts of the hood, and that's the top part y'all seem to cling on to is these these songs and these rap and stuff. Y'all never cling on to the good parts of, of the hood, like block parties, fun things that we used to do, uh, uh, everything. Holidays, y'all tend to cling on to the uh, rough shit. And trust me, you don't want no parts of that shit. If you lucky enough to make it to the NBA and to make it to a good life, what the hell is you sitting here here associating with thug bunch? Chappy. I leave them right. Especially if they ain't outgrown hood mentality. And what I mean by hood mentality, because there were some good things in the hood that was meant to, but I'm talking about hood thug mentality. You don't want no parts of that shit. And John Moran seemed like a little suburban boy that got caught up trying to play like he, trying to play hood games. The suburban man. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, all right? So, yeah, interesting. 
Um, Tim Norman this week, Sweetie Pies got life in prison. They said Miss Robbie broke down and stuff like that. A lot of people, I was listening to social media, a lot of people was going in trying to talk about Miss Robbie. Let me just say this. Miss Robbie, and this is no offense to Andre Sam. Now I'm kind of thinking I'm seeing this a little bit more, this case. Uh, I personally think that they, 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 the feds got the, the motor wrong, and that could be probably a problem later on for, you know, with Tim getting the appeal. I don't know who knows it's hard to beat the feds, but I feel that the motive might have been because they thought Andre, because remember Andre came to them. The story of Sweetie Pies because he was having trouble in Texas when he was living in Texas and the mama sent him there so he could possibly live a little bit better. So if Andre was a troubled youth, and this isn't to blame him for his own death or anything like that, but sometimes we do have to look at consequences of what causes people to not trust. But apparently the rumors were that, that Miss Robbie thought that, or some, not Miss Robbie, but it was Miss Robbie's house was broken in on Sweetie Pies. And at the time, they said it was over $250,000 stolen. At some point, people thought it may have been Andre because he went shortly after that. He went back to Dallas and stuff like that. I actually think Tim's motive was not the insurance policy. Tim claims, rumors are, the rumors are that Tim claims that he had insurance policies on all employees that worked at Sweetie Pies or something like that. Now, I don't know how true that is. I don't know. They said the insurance people, rumors were they weren't allowed to testify. I don't know. Some of you sweetie pie, you experts on the sweetie pie thing, uh, I, yeah, he might get <laughs> on YouTube. I would love to see a video on that. But um, if that's the case, I probably think that Tim was angry at him for not for that for that money. I think, and, and then this is my person. This is my Carlotta one-on-one theory, that Tim was angry about that $250,000. Maybe Tim, I always thought Tim broke into the house, Miss Robbie's house, I don't know, for some reason. But now thinking back, I think somebody did, and they thought it was Andre. I think Tim thought it was Andre. I think Tim, and that Tim was like, well, we're going to get our money back one way or another. This is my theory. I mean, just my theory. Nothing sure on this, allegedly. This is just my thoughts on the matter, is that then, that he decided to kill Andre to get money back. He thought Andre may have sold him. Now, he says he's completely innocent, but that's my theory about it. Because the other theory, if he has insurance policies on all employees, might not make sense, okay? So it would be interesting to see what appeals uh, that uh, Kim is going to try to use. <clears throat> uh, a lot of people was hating on Miss Robbie. Here's what I say. I don't know Miss Robbie personally. When I met Miss Robbie, she seemed like the sweetest thing. I mean, you know, you could say she's spicy and stuff like that, but people have to understand certain things. Here's a woman who lost a son early on. I don't think she raised him, but she was mostly on the road and stuff like that. She lost a son to, to death, and, and now she loses that son's other son. And now she's getting ready to lose Tim. And people are like, why Miss Robbie going hard for Tim? Why, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, there's a sense of guilt. If you've ever seen older people, 
when they get old, sometimes the some of their worst kids, they kids who are horrible, can play on their emotions and be like, you know, you weren't there for me. I'm acting like this and this and that. And that parent guilt can eat them up so bad that they don't see that the the the, the they can't see their kids straight. They're trying to see the good out of them because they feel guilty for 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 not raising the best kids. And this is what I think is a little bit of Miss Robbie. I think, first of all, that's her son. She's probably going to always support him or try to love him in some ways. But I think one of the reasons Miss Robbie is having a hard time is just, you know, try to have some empathy. Coming to terms with Tim doing this is because Look at her bloodline. It's completely almost like that. I mean, she got her Tim son, but it's like here's her first son's kid is gone and doesn't have a lineage. And now Tim, who she had over the restaurants and helping her and stuff, her right-hand person or everything, now she's accused of doing this, and he's gone in jail. And it's sort of like, I believe, her parents, it must feel like such failure. And you don't want to believe, probably as a parent, that you raised up this situation, that you raised up a situation like this in your family. And it's hard to believe your own bloodline, like, I feel like that's a lot of what it's a personal mental shift that Miss Robbie is probably going through. And Charlie, y'all have some mercy mercy and empathy. Just because she's advocating for her son does not mean that uh she's evil and she she set this up with him. There's no proof. Nobody said that. But she's probably advocating for her son because this is her one he was her one shot at redemption. The other one's gone. Her grandson's gone. And this dude who she thought was she had put the business into his hand and everything, it seems like this is my one side at redemption to do it right, and now she finds out he ain't shit. Think about how that would feel as a parent. So I get it. I, I get why she's advocating. I get where she's and Miss Robbie's just gonna have to come to that point in her life of seeing, you know, where she understands. Okay, this is what my child is, and this is what my child has done. And while I take some responsibility for certain things, I don't take responsibility for somebody making monstrous choices. That's on them. But you can take responsibility for your part and how you raise them if things weren't perfect, but you have to forgive yourself. And there's a lot of parents that go through that, lots of parents. I've met people who just don't believe their kids is terrible. I mean, you know, because they, they, they didn't do a good job in raising them. And so sometimes they get in denial, you know, that, okay? 
So, yeah, I'm not surprised at this. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And prayers for uh, Andre's family. Uh, glad they got uh, justice and very interesting this whole thing, okay? Okay, so I want to talk about Young Miami this week. She said, Young Miami says she is, she, and says she is not sharing her man uh, in her next relationship. If she said, she says, if my husband cheats on me, I'm going to kill him. Okay, so obviously Young Miami and Giddy done ended this little fling thing they had going on, okay? But just according to Bob, it says Young Miami wants everyone to know that her next relationship will be completely exclusive, and she's got some words for her future husband if he doesn't abide by that. Over the um, over the weekend, the City Girls rapper took to Twitter to declare that she will not be sharing her next man. I'm not sharing my next nigga, she said. She tweeted on Sunday night. Uh, she went on uh, to to retweet a tweet that reads, have fun like like young people, love like old folks. While Carisha didn't approve provide any uh, additional context to her tweet, it's safe to assume she's alluding to a very public and every unco- very unconventional relationship with Diddy. Both parties have insisted they're single throughout their time together. They've also declared publicly just how much they care about one another, causing confusion among fans. That paired with the fact that Diddy had a whole baby while dating young Miami makes for a weird relationship. It seems like the rapper isn't trying to deal with a roller, roller coaster like that again. Uh, this is what i say. You know, when I was young, I tell my own story on here, in my 20s, <laughs> I stayed it. I was dating a very Beautiful. He, I mean, he was a handsome guy. I dated him a little bit in high school, and then when he got out, it's like that. He was great. Like, he, he was very beautiful. And, you know, I was dating somebody at the time. He was, I was supposed to be serious about <laughs> Okay, it was in my plane. It was back in my day, okay? It was, I was young, okay? And so, like, you know, we, he was dating somebody seriously and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know, we we had a little side fling or whatever. <laughs> we was in our early twenties or whatever. So eventually, and shit, I got busted. Let me tell y'all, I got where I worked at. One night I tried to see that tried to be cute, and I had I I was dating this guy seriously, and he was uh. He was coming. He he was. I was like, yeah, you know. I was like, I, I wasn't paying no attention to the situation. The guy was serious, supposed to be seriously dating. He was like, uh, yeah, I can't come tonight. I think he was supposed to get me from uh, my job or something like that. He's like, I can't come get you tonight, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, but I'll see you because I have to work or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool, or whatever. Shoot, I was on the phone like, yeah, we can go out. Yes, blah, blah, blah. And so the other guy shows up at my job, right? A couple of my coworkers knew what was up. So they, one of my coworkers, she was looking outside the window, and she's like, oh. and I said, what? And she said, oh, shit. And I was like, what? She's like, both your men are here. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and I'm panicking, right? And so at the time, the dude said, Pagers was in, right? <laughs> That's how old I am. I paid him. And he was like, you know, he was like, he called me back. 
on like uh, he went to a payphone or something in the area. This is how long ago. This is stuff I tell you a very long time ago. And he's like, "Yo, chill, I got this. Just introduce me when you come out." I introduced him, and so you know, and the time dude I was dating, he's like, you know, so when we got in the car, dude was like, "Yo, like." You you good friends with him? And I was like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he didn't believe me. The dude, I was really good. He didn't believe me at all, okay? <laughs> but he was a mess, right? But later on, I, so I stopped dating this, both of the guys later on. And I stopped dating. But I ended up back, you know, in my later on another time dating this, this guy again, the real beautiful guy, okay? And, you know, he was like, I knew he was like, oh, like you know, he had, but he had a he had a girlfriend that he was serious about. Now check this out. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do this because he was with the girl. You know, I decided I'm gonna be. You know, I ain't I ain't serious about his ass. I <laughs> I'll be dating with something. This is my twenties or something like this. And the girlfriend used to call his house. And I pick up the phone. I'd be like, "Hey, girl." She'd be like, "Hey, is such and such there?" I'd be like, "Oh, girl, just a second. <laughs> we all knew about each other. It was crazy as fuck." <laughs> now, for me, I was dating other people, but he—that was his serious girlfriend. She knew about it. It was the—it was the wildest shit. That's how cute. That's how good looking. He was just doing some wild shit. <laughs> Until I started exercising my like, you know, I was playing around with it. And then I started exercising my right for real. I was like, I was, I was dating a bunch of them. And he hated, I mean, he hated it so much that he wasn't the only person to do it. Like, so he got mad. I remember he gets mad. He comes over. He's like, yeah, I'm going to try to, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and end this. You know, I'm, I'm going to end this with my girl and I'm going to make you the one. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. So what I learned from that experience, open relationships don't tend to work. <laughs> I mean, he was pissed. He was pissed. So I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. You think you're the player. Oh, I can play too. <laughs> I'm not serious. I'm not the one with the girlfriend. I don't have a serious person. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, and he hated. I mean, he ended the relationship. He was all serious. He was ready to be like loyal. I was like, nah, I'm not ready to be dumb. <laughs> so I learned that, you know, that young Miami thing shit, it just never worked. Ellie works for so long. Here's what I'll say Young Miami was probably hoping that eventually he would choose. You have to give him a timetable when you're in those type of. You know, every girl tries the polyamorous shit, okay? Truth is, most people can't do polyamorous. It's a certain group of people who can do that. And you, you, if you're going to play the polyamorous game, you need to give them a certain amount of time to get rid of their people. <laughs> you got to hear to decide what the fuck you want. And that's what, as young Miami, I knew she couldn't play. You know why I knew she couldn't play that game well? Because I saw her on Carisha Please. And... Diddy is a dude that has wealth, and he got it going on, and he got all the tricks of the, you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, just everything that, and I'm pretty sure when he was with her 
if the relationship was real, you know, in Hollywood, they'd be on some shit. But, you know, it probably felt like the best thing ever. He probably made her feel like he was eventually going to probably just settle with her. But when he has a baby on the side, that probably took her for a loop. And just seeing that he maybe somewhat, I'm wondering if like she's a product because you missing, you trying to mix mix the business because she got Carisha, please on the network with uh with uh with, with Diddy's network and stuff like that. So it, I see the confusion and she was like, we go together real bad and she was doing all that stuff and I knew I said, uh uh-uh, uh, baby, you know because I know she was playing with him, but I knew she was eventually expecting more from him. And that's what I had to figure out for myself. I figured that I had messed with this dude twice when I was in my 20s. I knew I knew what the second time I was hoping in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm hoping that I'm going to be the, the, the main, eventually I'm going to, you know, be the main. Because you're yeah, in your 20s, you'll try some stupid shit. You know, you do some dumb shit. <laughs> and it was funny, years later, one of my mama's friends, work with this guy at a school or something. And he said, he said, them women used to be fighting over here. I said, he I said, they still fight over them, huh? He said, oh, my God. You know, but it was so, 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 so this same guy, you know, I thought, you know, eventually, you know, I'm going to, I was playing this poly game because I'm thinking, okay, he's going to pick me. You know, I'm not in my 20s. I'm thinking, you know, because I am, I'm the one of these at this bunch, right? He's playing, I can see he's playing games and with the other girlfriend. He was just, he was stupid. And so I, so once I saw he did something one night and I saw it and I was like, nah. And I found some extra shit out from some people I knew. And I was like, this, nope, not going to play this game. <laughs> oh, and one night, this is funny. So I have to tell y'all, this is how I knew. Tell y'all my 20 stories, my horrible 20 I went over with a friend of mine friend of mine to his hospital time and I knocked on the door and he was like trying not to answer. I could hear a chicken. So I was like, is that a chicken back? <laughs> oh God, it was ridiculous. <laughs> so he was cheating on me and his girlfriend. <laughs> so I knew, I said, this dude ain't gonna be serious. So I started exercising my right. I was like, shoot, I was gone out. I was kicking. I was, you know, I was like, I, then, then he's up there like, wait a minute, you can't be, where are you, are you going to, we hanging out? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I got shit to do. He, he was pissed because no longer was I looking at him as the serious. I said, I was like, nah, you, you playing? I'm going to be out here in the streets too. You ain't serious. You ain't getting serious about nothing. And when he got serious, it was only because I challenged it, because I didn't give a shit anymore. And I was, like, running around here doing my own damn thing, too. And I think young Miami, being a young lady in her 20s with two children, is realizing she got to do her thing. And she's an Aquarius, too. You know, I got Aquarius in the seventh house, so I played in <laughs> So I, which is a house of partnership. So I I I I knew she I think she 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 gets it. She's like, nah, I see there's probably something that saw especially the baby and stuff that starts snapping her slowly out of it. This shit ain't gonna work. And so thus she gets the tweet, my next N word is is gonna be it's just gonna be me and him. Because 
Most girls only play the polyamorous game. Most, not all, but most, with the hope of being chosen as the one, okay? And that was dumb shit I used to do in my 20s. So I, when I saw Young Miami doing that shit, I was like, eh, I've seen this trick before. <laughs> I've seen this story before. And especially when they, you know, they well-to-do or they got it going on and stuff like that, they feel like they can do that kind of shit. And, you know, they feel like they can, like they can get away with a bunch of crazy shit. Well, you got a dude who really, like, if you ever date a dude, and this dude, I was dating in my 20s, he was like, a man. <laughs> he had a cover. They was like, they was in love, right? <laughs> so he thought he was the shit, and, you know, he had a little bit of money. So that's what I was saying, you know, so, 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 we, but play their dumb games when surprises. <laughs> so eventually, he was like, he started seeing that. I wasn't caring no more. And it was so funny because this guy, I had the hardest time ending it, like getting rid of him. Oh, getting him off. It was very hard. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't no bad. Like, he just kept coming. He couldn't believe that I just was not, I was past not caring because all the other girls treated him as if he was the prize. And I stopped treating him like that. I started thinking, you ain't shit. <laughs> And so, you know, I think Miami, I'm thinking young Miami might be there with Diddy. She's just like, you know, probably I'm going to get this, this, this cash, <laughs> go on these dates and move on. <laughs> All right. So I was very interested. I'm not surprised that uh, she's come to that conclusion, young one. <laughs> Uh, she also she was on Mary J. Blige. Let me just oh I I, I want to make sure I get a chance to talk about this. Mary J. Blige, her and Taraji. I love. Uh, I was not sure. I'm tell you, I was I was like Mary J. Blige. This show ain't gonna be shit just like the other ones. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, you know. But I gotta say, they have done the perfect format for Mary. On BET, it's the perfect format for Mary J. Blige. Uh, it is the perfect show. It fits her well. I love seeing Mary and her vibe. Like, it was fun watching her, Taraji, and Young Miami go back and forth about love, relationship. I mean, it was, ah, I enjoyed it. I was actually so surprised by how I enjoyed the wind down. It was so very good. So I think I'm going to play a little piece of the wind down for y'all to check out. Uh, um, so y'all can check out. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, if I can find a part of it. It was so good. I just, I, I loved it. Hold on, let me check it out. Okay. Hey, we'll try to play. Oh, you got a little other lunch friend, somebody. Where is he? I don't think he's in America. I keep saying that. Because <laughs> all the men have been ran through. Ooh, that's true. All the <laughs> Straight up and down. No, I'm serious. It's really a short. I said what I said. <laughs> are you, are you, are you, are you, are you know who I'm dating? 
much information, but yeah, we get tired and dating myself. I got any kind of blue thing, some kind of. I honestly don't. You gotta like somebody. I hope y'all can hear. That was a little bit of Mary to wind down. They were talking about dating. They asked Taraji. Taraji was saying how she thinks her man is somewhere else. And Mary was saying she's dating herself. And can I just say this to Mary J. Blige, okay? Because Mary J. Blige is to me. You know what? Sometimes I think Mary J. might be my favorite, one of my favorite female entertainers of all time. Because what I love about Mary is that she's representation of in some ways to me of every hood girl. Like you know what I'm saying? Like growing up who grew up during the crack era, the generation I mean, she is and she, she's a hood girl who's grown to be herself like accepting of herself and loving herself and still every bit of hood there is. Like not changing, not you know, evolving but still keeping her core, you know? So I have an affinity for Mary J. Blige. Um, here's what I will, I, I, I'll say. Um, Mary is so beautiful. Sometimes I'll be like, wow, Mary is actually gorgeous. I mean, she looks the most gorgeous I've ever seen Mary J. in years. I mean, like, like really, like, she is beautiful. When she says she's taking care of herself, I believe it. Okay, I believe it. So there was a, uh, there was the one thing. Uh, let me see. And a lot of people was talking about uh, Mary. Uh, they that Taraji got dragged for sounding bitter and single. She didn't sound bitter and single. I don't know what y'all was listening to. If you hear Taraji, Taraji seems like, and she said she said something that I thought was very powerful. She said, I haven't felt happy in a long time. And I don't think that is just about men. I think that's just about just growing pains of life. And, you know, once you find out that the golden life is not to be happy because happiness is based on circumstances, and your circumstances change change from day to day. The goal in life is to have joy, you know, a, a sense. And when I say joy, is joy is something that's maintained, like a sense of joy through no matter what you're going through, no matter what. I learned that years ago in, in church that having joy, yeah, we want to be happy, but understand that happy is based on circumstances. You can have shit that happens in five minutes that change your whole mood, you know what I'm saying? But if you maintain a sense of joy in your personality, a sense of yourself, joy can take you through pain, hurt, you know what I'm saying? It can be a consistency that you have. And I try to remember that for myself. So I, I think that's sometimes what she, you may think that when I listened to Taraji, when I heard her say she hadn't been happy in a long time, I think, you know, and she's had a breakup and stuff not too long ago, a couple of years ago and stuff like that. I think she's looking at circumstances. And, hey, listen, most people do. And uh, really it's about finding a sense of joy, which to me can only come from God, you know, a consistent sense of joy in your heart and in your life and stuff that helps you maintain 
during the bad times. But uh, I love the wind down. I love seeing black women in their elements, Carisha, and them just talking, just flowing. Like, you know, I know a lot of people want to criticize it and be critical. But to me, I found this to be the ultimate girlfriend talk because that's how me and my girlfriends talk. When we get together, you know, like, I, you know, we get together and we have these discussions and they real, you know, a single, married, whatever. And we be going through, we go through good times and bad times and shit. Sometimes we sound nice, sometimes we don't. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I mean, you know, so I love that Mary, this is a perfect show for Mary, in my personal opinion. I like it. And uh, just like I like Carisha's show. Uh, I think um, one of the reasons I love to see Mary in this element is because I think Mary has the ability to not just have a discussion. Like Carisha, I love Carisha, but Carisha kind of keeps is more like kind of surfacey and fun and kind of sexual and stuff like that. But Mary, to me, can go across the spectrum, right? I could see Mary having an interview with, uh, I, I think her interview with 50 Cent will be much different than it was with Taraji and um, uh, 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 Carisha. And I love that they had Carisha there because a younger generation person there. But also I feel like Mary can talk about music and, and where is it at in the state of music, the state of careers and how to build. Mary's got a spectrum of things she can talk about and I just love this for her and it, she doesn't have to be cheesy she's just being married and I just feel like it's conversations and I like that I really love that I love her in this environment I really got to say it I really love the first show I enjoyed everything that they were talking about and I thought it was real and I don't think it's a moment to just um You know, not just to be knocking them, saying, "Oh, well, you know," uh, just to say what you know, just say, "Oh, they," you know, they're bitter. I think it's just women having a discussion. I'm gonna tell y'all, women have these type of discussions all the time. <laughs> so I thought it was very cool. But uh, here's another part of the show I'm gonna play for y'all. Hopefully, y'all can hear it. So, what are your deal breakers? Lying. Lying is it for me, because if you lie to me, you will kill me. You will do anything, anything goes if you lie. I think for me, like, and some men that don't have this shit together, like, when things get messy, lying, it's just shit all over the place. I like the stuff that runs smooth and everything should be on one accord. And that's the key word, one accord, because if anything is not on one accord, it will not work. No business, no marriage, no life, done deal. My deal breaker is not being on one accord. What are your deal breakers? And, you know, here's what I loved about I hope you all see they were talking about deal breakers in relationships and stuff like that. One of the things I liked about it is because, um, you know, it wasn't it perfect answers. You know, um it was such a great show. I just felt like you, you to them after listening to them. And I had superstars. This is why. I, this is why. I, why I knew it was a good show. I felt more like as akin to them as women. And I was like, yeah, I get it. 
and going through the problems of marriage and, and bad relationships or things not going. I mean, and it wasn't a man bashing session. I don't think that whatsoever. I think it, Mary talked about, got personal about her own relationship, her own uh, things a little bit. Now, one thing I'll say about Mary is, uh, to me, Mary has a, I don't know if she's looked at herself completely in that relationship, but, you know, whatever. But I'll blame her a little bit for what all the things that happened in it. But um, I love the part. It was funny. There was a part they were talking about Taraji. Taraji was saying something about it. They were talking about, I don't know if it was good sex or something, but Taraji was like, she can't be in something where she just, you know, where because they were talking about just having sex with somebody and, you know, and being able to walk away. Can you do that? Taraji was like, no way. I'll be like, here. she said, if it's good, I'm like, here comes Taraji. <laughs> she said she hit that in her head. And that's very real. If you got certain friends, you know, they know, like, they'll tell you, that. girl, I can't be with nobody. And I'm like, you know, it's, it, it, it is such a look. I just love the first show. I feel like it, uh, I felt like it was an intimate look at how women have conversations. And you just were seeing three celebrity women. But uh, I feel like it's a good looking for Mary. I'm really happy for her for this show. And I hope it does well for her. I really do. I really, I really enjoy the wine down, okay? Even, you know, even though the wine down, I was laughing because Mary J has a wine or whatever. But I was laughing because there was a little bit of Tasha K in there because Tasha does her, her gossip column is winos and wine. I was like, yeah, they probably borrowed a little bit from Tasha. <laughs> but it, yeah, I really enjoy um watching uh that particular thing i thought it was very good okay so what else am i going to talk to you about um mm -mm. okay don't want to talk about angelique let's talk about patrick mahone's brother okay patrick mahone's brother is being investigated for sexual assault now i you know i was a little shocked here because i was just assuming that patrick mahone's brother was I thought he was gay, but I guess I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I, 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 I don't know. But anyway, it says Patrick Mahomes' brother, this is from TMZ, uh, for sexual assault in Kansas. It's like uh, Patrick Mahomes' little brother, Jackson, is in the crosshairs of a criminal investigation in Kansas for alleged sexual assault, which appears to have been caught on tape. Yeah. According to the Kansas City Star, Felisa looking into claims made by a restaurant owner in the area as well as one of her waiters who are alleging Jackson both sexually assaulted and physically assaulted them last week weekend has at the Aston's restaurant and lounge. Wow, man. Okay, it says the owner of 40-year-old Aston Vaughn, Casey S. and cops with surveillance footage, she says was captured last Saturday when the alleged assault happened. In the clip, you can see a man who, who she says is Jackson wrap her up in his arms and force her to kiss her. It doesn't happen just once, by the way. You see the man going in for the kiss at least twice. Yes, I've seen the tape. Crazy. Bond says she believes Jackson was intoxicated, but nonetheless, his advances were unwelcome when she said she made a kiss to him in the moment. What didn't look like kind of in the tape, it looked like she kind of laughed, but it looked like an uncomfortable laugh. But it's like earlier the same night, one of Bond's wait staff claims Jackson shoved him out of a private room he was dining in his entourage. This after the waiter smelled weed and tried to get them to stop. The waiter alleges Jackson and his crew shoved this guy out and told him to scram. Apparently, Jackson frequents this place a lot and knows the owner's stepdaughter. At least that's what she said. Uh, but they saying he crossed several lines. Uh, Bond says she and her husband, hubby 
kicked Jackson and his friends out after alleged forcible kiss in the cops report shortly thereafter. Uh, they said Jackson hasn't been arrested yet, but the attorney has spoken out and defended his client, saying he's innocent. Okay, let me just say this, okay? I'm going to really say this. And Patrick Mahomes, I got to tell people, you know, sometimes you can have family members that are jealous of fuck of your success. Really, no, because this is, he's done, he, he's constantly, this is a lot of Jackson, uh, Jackson Mahomes has been accused of a lot of things, okay? And um, you have to be careful with this kind of behavior, especially after you come up after an office of success and you find the same family member out there causing crazy trouble and stuff that for you, and they're not thinking about you, and they going in there, going in places, riding off of your success, trying to be arrogant. And you always have to be weary of those type of people in your family and your circle and shit like that that ride off of you because you could be dealing with a jealous motherfucker, okay? And you don't want a jealous mofo around you slithering, especially in the form of a relative. Because that jealousy can come out in a number of bad ways. Not only that hurts your your uh, your um, your relationship, but hurts your brand and many other things. See, one of the things with Jackson, I would tell Patrick Mahomes, is stay away from him for a while until he gets his shit together. Don't have no contact with him. I don't care if he's your brother or not. Fuck him. Because you know why? Because people like that can get so jealous of you, they hurt you. Jealousy is a dangerous, dangerous shit, especially when there's another wishing they could be you, hating you, trying to make it hard for you and your success. You got to always pay attention to that type of shit, okay? Uh, like, it's, I ain't going to say the names of this, this but in, 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 in Hollywood, there's a story about two brothers. One brother was a musician and one was managing them. Y'all would know the names if I said it or whatever. And one of the brothers ended up killing the other success brother who was a successful musician. And a lot of people think it was jealousy there, a whole lot of other things. Why? Because the brother was probably trying to love on him. That's my brother. I'm trying to ignore the signs that he fucked up and all that stuff. Don't ignore the fucked up signs. I don't give a fuck. It's your brother, your auntie, your sister, your cousin, your mama, whoever it is. Don't ignore jealous angry, hating people around you that don't bring good to you. And he's saying, that's mom, but that's mom, that's mom, auntie right there. She don't mean to, now, fuck it. If auntie's always causing trouble after you have success, be weary, be careful. I tell Patrick Mahomes, keep his ass away from you until he straightens up his life and get him some, get him a life. That's the problem. He ain't got shit to do. Patrick's okay. probably out here trying to put one place and football, guys, kids and shit. This dude ain't got shit to do. So let him have it. Bless him and say, hey, get your life together. But you can't be around me until you get your shit together. And protect yourself and make sure the bodyguards and everybody know. That's why now I understand why sometimes, like, certain seniors and stuff don't have their family brothers and sisters and stuff around them because they sense that kind of energy. 
and they don't want nobody around them on some BS. And that and that's and that could be with a lot of people. So y'all protect yourself. That's just a message for y'all out here in these streets. When you got them type of uh, uh, family members and, and stuff around and all that, uh-uh. protect yourself. Because it's not just even about your brand and stuff. It's about knowing how deeply and how hurt and angry and how threatened by your success is that relative. Are they so threatened by your success to the point they might want to hurt you? No, that's shit you got to look at. Because, you know, jealousy can cause all kinds of things. And when I see that kind of stuff happening, like behaviors like that, where uh, you just, your brother just won the Super Bowl and that's a blue, you starting to fuck up for him. He, he got, he got, it's calm right now. You starting to run around and doing wild shit. Not good. Got to be very, very careful in that situation. Okay. Um, Joe Button talked last week about uh, Michael B. Jordan for speaking on getting getting uh, uh, on, on, on the girl calling him horny. You know, this this thing is made like $500 million. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, not $500 million, $100 million, but let me just let's listen to a little bit of what Joe Button had to say about the situation, okay, about the girl cop, Michael B. Jordan, talking about the girl calling him horny. know each other. We go way back all the way to Chad Science in Newark, okay? <laughs> no, I did not say that. Misquoted for sure. No, you did not hear me say I said we used to make fun of the name. But yeah, he is obviously killing things out here. How is the difference between you actually directing and working with the same people that you were directed with versus? Uh, it was awesome. You know, that's the family box. Jordan today, uh, allegedly sexiest man alive in all of these blockbuster movies during your highlight week. You've probably never been more visible than you are right this second, and that's what you do to her. And if I bring back the white girl rumors, then it's going to sound even crazier. Then it's going to sound crazier, because why are you talking to our sisters like that on the red carpet? We ain't talking to white bitches like that. But I'm not gonna make it racist. They say I make everything racist. Mm-hmm. That was corny of him to speak to that girl like that. I'm not disagreeing. I would, I would have made. Michael B. Jordan. That's why I niggas call you corny. Off air. I would have made a joke off here, like word. Hey Creed. Hey, what's this nigga's name? I wouldn't do that. Brother. Hey Creed. <laughs> In case you were confused, that corny ass shit you did is why niggas think you corny. Yeah. In case you were off a little bit, after why you niggas keep thinking that money high is corny. Mm. Your button going off on my new on this Okay. I totally agree. A lot of men think that money has corny. It does not. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, I thought it was when I first saw him confronting that chick on the red carpet. I was like, why do that? Like, you at the bus, even, I mean, it, the way he should have, he looked like he was joking. Not a smidge, but he looked like he was highly, like, yeah, you called me corny or something. But that wasn't the place. He was just like, oh, I remember you. You could have joked with me. I remember I'm a corny dude that laughed about it or something, but it was the way he was going at her like, yeah. Like, look, look, I'm not corny no more. I would have I been like, yeah, I remember I called you corny. How you doing? 
<laughs> I mean, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no need to gloat. You see, she see where you at? Saying the whole move, and he then he kept going back and forth with her. He he could just say, oh, okay. It made him look more bad, in my personal opinion. I know a lot of people come out. Well, y'all, you know, Michael B. Jordan. Women can just say anything. No. It's not that. It's just that being a man requires, hey, you know what? I see where I'm at. I know who the fuck I am. I ain't got to remind her of shit. If I do it, I might joke, but she see me. See, if you have the confidence, confidence, that shit, somebody calling you corny back in the day wouldn't bother you whatsoever. I've had people say shit to me, and I've seen them out somewhere or something, and I was looking at it. And I ain't say nothing. I'm like, shit, I ain't got nothing to say. You just see me coming. You know, whatever. It's just it's something. He, it's just to me shows that he didn't, he doesn't have the confidence. And he wouldn't have confronted a girl probably that was white on a career corporate like that either. So I get it. But in some ways, I'm with, I'm, I, I'm with Joe Budden so I'm with this one. Okay? And I know what y'all are saying about Joe Budden. He ain't the one who's talking about women. But listen, I agree with him with the concept. Like, a lot of dudes, they may have money and stuff still, but they still corny. Like, are they still, you know, it's nothing wrong with being corny, too. I don't got no problem with corny. I'm actually, I like corny guys. So I'm just saying, but I'm just saying that that that, that some people are still hurt little boys from high school and stuff and childhood. And I'm just telling y'all men, get healing for that so that that won't guide you throughout your life. You know what I'm saying? You won't, because I'm like, you didn't even, you didn't even need to share that. You need me to say you could have just learned, oh, or joked with her a little bit more. I don't know. I kind of agree when I saw the same thing. I kind of cringed about it myself, okay? <laughs> and so, I, but I, I, but I, but I, uh, I kind of understand Joe. I'm kind of on Joe. And I know a lot of people were getting on Joe Button, but I kind of agree with him on this one. Hate to say it. <laughs> All right. So, in other news, what's the last? Where are we at here? That we have now. Okay, we got eleven minutes. Okay, so uh, what else I need to talk to you about? Jesse appeals hate crime hoax. Oh Lord, child, I ain't got time to talk about Jesse. Jesse's appealing his hate crime conviction. Child, I I don't know Jesse. I you want to keep trying and going there? Go right on. <laughs> I think because he they gave him some time or something like that. I forget. Do he have 300 days or something like that? Uh, probation. I can't remember, but maybe that's why he's doing it. Okay, uh, so it's uh, interesting. Then the FBI chief uh, Christopher Ways says China lab leak most likely. Yeah, we all knew that. We kept telling y'all that early on. People was arguing. People trying to tell us that it wasn't a China lab leak. Y'all was saying everything Trump is said is turning out to be right. Okay, that's all I got to say. Everything Trump has said that y'all said wasn't right turned out to be right. Okay. Uh, also, I want y'all to uh, um, look at. Uh, I was watching the thing from Apollonia Six Studios. Check that out. She she had a really good interview with uh, uh, Jill. Um, one of the girls that used to date Prince Jill Jones, one of his co-stars, really good, really good interview. Check it out on Apollonia 6 Studios. I really liked it. I love the Prince series so far. It's been really good. All right, so I got to end it with this one man with seven baby mamas and talking about why he don't want to take care 
and his kids. Y'all listen to this. I hope I got time. Baby mama. Now, for the past few days, I've been going live, telling my story, speaking my truth. And a lot of women having an issue calling me a deadbeat because I tell them I was being irresponsible, yet yeah, not wearing protection. But I always tell these women that I got pregnant that I do not want to be a father to these children. If I offer to pay for the abortion, majority of times they'll either take the abortion or they'll take a plan B. But only these seven have kept these children. But the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. But for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me, access denied, because I don't really know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I didn't told you I did not want them kids. So don't expect me to be responsible financially, emotional, spiritually, mentally, or physically for some kids I don't want. And I don't give a what nobody think about it. You're not going to force children upon me. Yeah, we both made the decision to lay down and have intercourse. We both was irresponsible about the decisions we made that night. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. And I ain't care to pull out because I'm not the one that's going to have to carry a baby for nine months. It's the woman. In my opinion, women should be more careful on who they sleep with because you're going to be like, one of my baby mamas trying to find me so I can financially support a kid I didn't told her or them I did not want. Unfortunately, I agree with some of what he said. Women, because you have men like this uh, bum out here in these streets, uh, you, he who thinks he does not have to have any responsibility, even though he's running around here condomless, without a condom, at higher risk for more than just having children, but disease. This is somebody who don't care about his damn self. See, that's why women, you got to check what who you, because you, you're not only at risk for. Uh, a a a bum a bum ass person, but you at risk for get, being being with somebody who has spirits and all kind of shit. They release it into you because remember, men women are receivers. Okay, so like you know when you have a, you know in, in some sense, I always kind of believe spiritually that like men when when a woman is with the right person, the right man or the man is with the right woman, that release is. Um, it's beneficial for him to release, and it's beneficial for her to receive from him. Okay, not just not, and not just to me, not just also not just in um, uh, for reproduction purposes, but for spiritual purposes also. Okay, uh, here's the deal: you don't want to. That's why you want to talk to people, get to know their asses, all kind of stuff. And listen, he thinks he's running away from those children. I have yet to see a man outrun his children. They're going to creep up on you, whether it comes to drinking, drugs, alcohol, irresponsibility, some sort of way. I know that man is paying the price for having seeds out here and not knowing. He paying. Oh, that's why he on. That's why he on there right now. On his own. I didn't want none of them kids because it's something eating and eroding at him. That he had to get on here and show the world he's a damn fool. 
And if I was any one of them women, I don't. I wouldn't want his child support. Fuck your child support. Fuck you, your fathering. I'd make sure I block him. I asked him. I sent him papers saying I ain't sending. I ain't trying to get in touch with you uh, to uh, 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 to to help me with shit. I'm trying to get you to sign off. I mean, I told a friend like that. I told a friend years ago. Me and my friend, we was having. And she was constantly struggling to get like sixty dollars out of this man monthly for child support. I mean, he was just ridiculous. He was just acting up. And I said, just have that motherfucker sign off. <laughs> like, she was like, what? I said, sign off our responsibility. Don't even fight. I said, you want to do more pressure and more stuff to get $60 out of his non-compliant, non-one-to-be-in-your-life uh, ass, and it's not worth it. Just say, here's some papers. Sign off on your child. You know, sometimes you get, sometimes it ain't worth trying to get somebody to get the child support. Sometimes it ain't worth having nobody giving nobody access like that to your kids. Sometimes, lady, you gotta take, ladies, you gotta take that L for getting the, getting with a bum. Just say, you know, I'd rather not. If you don't want nothing to do with my child, then dance, giddy or something like that. But other than that, sometimes you don't want to deal with no shit. Sometimes even then. And you just don't want to deal with nobody. Just deal with that shit. Just let him go. Let him let him be out here and be what he want to be, free. I say, here's no, I ain't trying to get a hold of you because I'm trying to get some child support of you to support my child emotionally. I'm trying to get you to sign the fuck off. And so you won't have no rights to this kid. I don't want to see your ass ever again. I don't want my kid to know you at all until they old enough and they want to meet your foul ass. Other than that, no. So, ladies, understand, this is the kind of men that you're dealing with out in these streets. There are some men, like this, not all men, but there are some men out here, and when you're irresponsible as a woman, and he said you got to carry that baby for eight months, and then while his ass is running away and you tr- you stressing out trying to find his ass and stuff like that, he gone with the wind. Damn that. Save yourself a lot of heartache and trouble and pain and, and, and getting into spiritual cooties. Because men like him, I bet they transferring spiritual cooties. I know he's transferring spiritual cooties, okay? All the women, he probably just sleeping anything. I'm just, just telling you, making you crazy. You probably waking up, you done slept with this man, and some of y'all the women done slept with this man, you recognize him, you, you've been feeling split personalities, and you've been feeling yourself doing shit you ain't never done. You, you might be feeling a lot of shit, but that's because all their spirits done jumped on you. He done released. So, ladies, be careful out here, okay? That's the end of the day. Listen, we got two minutes and 30 seconds. Be careful what you sleep with. You might wake up with spirit sleep. Spirit sleep. Just trifle. Be happy about it, too. The worst. Save yourself. Some time, be responsible. Make him put on a chasm, cause you don't want no disease and you don't want nothing like that releasing up in you. <clears throat> I don't want no baby. They trying to find me. I didn't want these kids. Oh, it's just horrible. Just a just a horrible. Just just mama raised somebody just irresponsible. Okay, so listen to him when he's warning you. He out here actually doing a service. He warning women. Uh, 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 to stay away from men like him. Shout out to that brother for doing the service. Now, that one thing I'll say, 
He may be a bum, but he's telling you the truth. And he's doing a service to you women to stay away from the bullshit, okay? All right, y'all. We at the end of the show. I'm glad y'all hang out with me today. I will see you guys sometime this week. We'll have a show, but we leave it out with Shante Moore. Stay alone. It's the CC Show. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. show hey archive listeners thank you so much for listening to this show hanging out with me like you do every week and listen to me talk about celebrity gossip the news all that stuff my opinion my probably unpopular opinion sometimes you know thank you guys so much for uh just listening in and enjoying it i appreciate y'all remember you can hit me up at the carlotta chatwood facebook page you can send me a message that way you can also send me a message on carly's underscore galaxy and you can follow me on C Chatwood Show and Carlotta72 on Twitter. So, you guys, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Make sure uh, you give love and receive love this week, okay? I'm out. Have a good one. You can't continue to Shante more jam because that's my son right here, okay? Stay alone. It's the CC Show. I'm out. See y'all. Bye.